Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Tenpence Arcade podcast. I'm Sean in your face, Holland. You are Vic. I am Victor in in your own face, Marlon, alias Vertvic. Yeah. I've got one of these as well. Go on. Way! Hey, it's oh, a confetti I've bomb thing. Got stuff all over my keyboard now. Oh, God. Damn it. Oh, oh it stinks. Ugh. Oh, that looks good. It's sort of draped over my mic stand. Brilliant. Mm. So, how has your Christmas been? It's been excellent, thank you. I've had a nice, relaxing time. Work was really busy up to Christmas, but I finished on the 21st. Stupid work. So, I've had a nice time off, and I'm not back until the 4th of January. I finished, I think. Ooh, on the Thursday, whatever that what date. I've lost all my days now because I've been off. I don't know what day it is. Yeah. Or what time it is or what I'm doing. No, That's no change there then. <laughs> but I'm not going back till the 8th because I had some time left over from the end of the year. And my, my holiday time rolls back to the start of the year. So it starts on January the 1st. So I had to take some days at the very start of the year. So I'm having another extra few days before I go back. So I'm not going back till the 8th. Oh, that's good, that. Wife's not going back till the 12th because she works in education. Oh. Damn awesome. her. How dare she have more time off than me? Do you know what else I got to manage to do in, in December? I got some stuff. Well, I got loads of stuff done, but I got a chance to talk to a famous Hollywood actor and to yeah. endorse the podcast. Here he is. Hello, I'm Arnold Watts. This, and when I'm not in action movies or covered in California, I listen to the Ten Pence Arcade podcast. I have to go now. I have to get to the chopper. <laughs> Apparently, wow. he had to get a flight. Yeah, yeah. And he, That's amazing. Yeah, not bad, is it? Mm. <laughs> We're getting pretty good here. 500 yeah. followers on Twitter and all that. He's one of the Hollywood actors still alive. Yes. That's been a bit of a problem, really, hasn't it? It's amazing. It's really bad news. I think it's because we're all getting old, but apparently, mm. I looked at the statistics of the day, and apparently 2016 has been like twice as bad for celeb deaths, unfortunately. Mm. So it's been pretty, <laughs> bit depressing really. Hopefully, in the new year, hopefully, there's no logic to it at all, I'm just hoping, it'll be a bit better. Goodness yeah. sake. All the pop stars from our youth, all the people in the films we liked, oh, goodness sake. Do you know what you can do to cheer yourself up, Vic? What's that, play some arcade games? Play some 80s arcade games. Do you know what I've been doing? Yeah. Cheering myself up. <laughs> some 80s arcade games. I have actually been quite a lot of that. Before we get onto that sort of thing, which we've both been doing, I have had some control panel madness. Yeah. I've got the new CPO, Smolly Muddy Music, the arcade art shop, for my Battlezone and Centipede. I haven't even put them on yet. I've been getting into, mm. the, ar- into the arcade garage and going, right, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I do one or two little tiny electronic things and getting stuff right. And then go, <gasps> no, I can't be asked to do that. Let's go and play some games. Yay. Put mm. the 60 in one, put the scramble on, put the Galaxy and Multiboard on. I had a quick game of Turtles the other day for the first time in ages. God, I love that game. Mm. I really want to loop that, get to level six or seven, is it? Oh, it gets really difficult, doesn't it? 
I've looped it before with the... There is an actual dip switch on that game. You can have, like, 255 lives. And I have right. actually looped it. I, 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 by accident, I got the board from someone, and they left it on there when I bought it. I was playing it. I thought, I've had too many lives here. And I think the lives are at zero, zero all the time. And I actually went and did it, and it does a little animation at the very end. But I want to do that legitimately with three lives. Mm. That'd be a little goal for me to do that. I probably could. I think we were very close to it when we were playing it. Did you get near to the last level? I think so. I think that the trick for me was a liberal use of the bombs. Don't hoard your bombs because you get so many. Mm. They're not bombs, whatever you call them. Turtle torpedoes. Turtle poo. That's probably is, isn't it? Little spiky turtle pops. Use them very often, and even if you, you there's a hint that you may get trapped, just use them. And that's how I survived into the later levels. Yeah, I tried to keep the when when the bad guys go brown. If anyone's wondering what they're talking about, go back. Ooh, quite a few podcasts ago, wasn't it? When we, we reviewed Turtles by Stern. It was yeah, Can quite I a while ago. Yeah, it was podcast fifty. I tend to find when when the bad guys go to the the brown colour when they're really chasing you, is to knock them off with a bomb because I go back to the, the level before I keep doing that but yeah I've been playing Turtles mm. I loved it I played the other game the other day just to I was testing something in that machine I thought I'll put it back together make sure it's okay and just adjust the screen a little bit such a lovely little game I really like it mm. what else have you been up to Vic? well I haven't put those control panel overlays on yet because I've been too mm. lazy and I yeah. need to do it soon uh, and I need to move the garage around and tidy it a bit better because there's something coming Ooh. Holidays are coming. Holidays. No, not holidays. <laughs> Pac-Mania is coming. Pac-Mania is coming. How are you going to fit it in? Uh, fit in? With difficulty and squeezing things. You're going to have to get rid of... No, no, it'll go in. What? Will it? It will just about go in. I've got space where I got rid of one before. Right. So it will go in. It'll be a little tight, but yeah. I, I, I got a chance to buy it from the Arcadian one that I sold it to, and I bought it. Darn it. Mm. I do like Pac-Mania. It's a good little game. And I can also put other games in there with it, that Pac-Mania style games like Namco Classics 2, which has got a Pac-Man game on it, or I've got a Ms. Pac-Man speed-up board lying around. Mm. Any game with an 8-way, or uh, yeah, 8-way and... 4-way. Yeah, but I think that, that joystick is an 8-way. I don't think it matters too much. And right. a fire button, so yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Mm, nice. I've also been making things, not quite a tinkering because I've done it before, but I made some chip shop to Sumitsu converter plates like I made you. Yes. Mr. Ian Cullen got onto me and said, I want some plates for my machine. So I made some for him. And he's got me in a cab already with some uh, Japanese arcade joysticks on there. He loves it. Nice. I also made some 60 degree Atari button cones. Mm. You know, I made some 45 degree ones before. Yes. I had a problem with them being 66 degrees. <laughs> yeah. I made some 60 degree ones. They're special. It's yeah. been quiet at work, actually. It's been quite quiet, so it's been good for that sort of thing. Uh, I got 205,000 on Scramble. Do you see that? Oh, that's getting good, yeah. yeah. I was just playing it one night, relaxed, didn't care, and just got 205,000. That's the secret. I think that's the secret It is to, to be relaxed when you get killed. Don't worry about it too much. Don't get hung up on it. Don't lose another life, goodness mm. sake, because that's what happens. So that was pretty good. Enjoyed that. And I put it on my high score kit from my high score kit from Phil Murray, which I've got on the Scramble. So it actually saves your high scores now. Is it just the... Top one, like 16 no. or is it all of them? No, it saves all of them and names. You put your name in and everything. Nice. He's done a really good job. He's doing a lot of different games. He's done a lot of the Konami games. Um, it also, I lent him, I went up to see him a little while ago for Christmas, and I lent him my Super Cobra PC because he wanted to make one for that. It's very similar hardware to Scramble, as you know. Mm. And by the time I got home, he'd done it. 
because it's very mm-hmm. similar uh, code or whatever. It's very similar. So he did that quite quickly. But I'm going to let him keep the Super Cobra, and he's going to give me a Phoenix PCB with a lovely high-score save kit on that as well. Oh, that'd be nice. Because on Phoenix, he's put a free play option on it, which you, doesn't, you don't have on, on Phoenix. Normally, not proper free play with the attract mode. And he's also yeah. fixed the 205,000k bug. Mm. So that'll be a legitimate board to play then. I can get a decent high score on that and save it, which is really mm. awesome. So what, what have you been up to? I've been up to two things, apart from eating turkey and slurring. Oh, yeah, I didn't do a bit of that. Yeah, I've been up to two proper things. I've invented a challenge for myself on the 60 and one board because I thought, why not? Do you know what? That was, that was a good idea. And I'm, I'm joining on that. I've got a ping, I've got a ping, I've got a ping, a because resonant ping. There's certain games on there you're not very good at and you will struggle to get five, five levels. And mm. there's certain games on there I will really struggle at to get five levels or 100,000. So the challenge is the challenge every is, game on the 16-1 we have got to complete five levels. It, it doesn't matter about the score because the scores vary so much, you know, from one game to another. Ah, so we're not doing scores because at first it was five screens or yeah. 100,000 points. Mm, I'm just going for five screens at the minute. Yeah, or, or levels because 1942 has got levels, hasn't it? Whereas yeah. Donkey Kong has got screens. So, yeah, we, we, I'm just doing it bit by bit. We are making the rules up as we go along. The ones I've done already yeah. are... You've got, you, you should ha- I think you've got my, my scores in there as well, haven't you? Yeah. I've done, done Miss Pac-Man, but I struggled. <laughs> I struggled doing five screens of Miss Pac-Man. That's bad, isn't it? Do you know what? I don't think I could do five screens of normal speed Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man. I find it very, very difficult. The speed-up mm. game is really quite fun because it's easy. Yeah, I've done all them, all the speed-up ones on the last five. Oh, yeah, I can do them easy, but the, the normal speed ones, I will have real trouble doing. I don't like even do them, to be honest with the, you. The last five slots in the board is Miss Pac-Man Gallagher, Pac-Man Junior, Pac-Man, Pac-Man Plus. Done all them on fast mode. Yeah, I think they'd be you quite know, easy, those ones. Pac-Man Plus on normal mode is going to be difficult. I didn't know the maze disappears. It just goes yeah. invisible. How the hell are you going to do that on normal mode? So that's one to battle against. On certain levels of Pac-Man Plus, when you get the power-up pill, it, the, sometimes the monsters disappear as well. Mm. It's just random stupidness on that game, I think. Weird. Mm. Gallagher I've done, that's dead easy five levels of that. Galaxian is dead easy for me. Mm-mm. Got got to five, got to the sixth level, so obviously I've done five levels. Oh, Dig Dug! <laughs> I struggled doing five levels of Dig Dug. I had one game of Dig Dug, got to level 15. So. I am rubbish at Dig Dug. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite equal, isn't it? You're you're good at some games and not others, and I'm terrible at some and not bad at others. Gyrus, I think. I getting, did Gyrus. Getting to one warp to Uranus is level six. You said you're so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I think that's level six. That's dead easy for me. You've done that one as well. I haven't did. You? Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed playing that the other day. I, I got into it a bit better because normally I just kept colliding into bullets. So I just got. I was like a bullet magnet. <laughs> but the, I played last night and actually quite enjoyed it. I got like 88,000. I've got 100k Ooh. before on that. So Ooh, that's, that's really bad. good for me because I'm not that good at Gyrus. But yeah, it was quite fun. Enjoyed that one. 1942, obviously I can do that one. Got to the, get to the last 27 stage. That is stage six. Get yeah, there. shut up. Easy peasy. Not for me. Mappy, I did that one because obviously we played that a, a while ago. So I still had a few Mappy skills up my sleeve. Wow. Look at me sleeve, Vic. Oh, sleep. there's little, there's micro police up there. Yeah, and cats, get out. 
Phoenix, one complete loop of Phoenix is like five waves, so just do one loop. Of Easy that. peasy, that one. Time Pilot. That's just at the end of the game, isn't it? Yeah, you loop the sources, but I must have tried. Well, I've got settings in this spreadsheet, one of my lovely spreadsheets. Of course. Which are either Orcade settings, or if if there's no Orcade settings, I've set it to Twin Galaxy settings. Yeah. So they're tournament settings. If there's no Twin Galaxy, I've just gone off the MAME presets, you know, when you load up MAME. So the, oh, well, sorry, sorry, yes, yes, your setting, yes, yes. So there's no easy settings on this lot. It's all tournament settings. Okay. So Time Pilot done that one. New Rally X done that one. I yeah. found that quite easy. New Rally X. Yeah, well, so, we did it recently. We got some good scores on yeah. that, didn't we? Moon Crest, which I love and you hate. Do you know what? Hmm. Don't anymore. Do you like it? You know the Galaxy Multi Board I've got. Yeah. It's got Moon Crest on it. Hmm. Getting quite into it. Excellent, well done. Round of Do applause. you know what? I've. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've. You know, I, I said Mooncrest was very unfair where they come up your bum at the back. They, they sort mm. of twizzle around behind you. All you do is just stay right out of the way until they've gone. Yeah. And I used to play it a lot as a kid. I enjoyed it as a kid. And I was really good at it. And I've got better. And my score, because the Galaxian multi board actually saves the high scores as well. So I've got 15,000 uh. so far, which is about two loops round. That's good going. So I can yeah. probably do that as well. I think. Um, I think the fifth the fifth wave on Mooncrester is the docking level, but the, I think there's you call them you call them like ten waves in in the loop. You, you get past the the comets and and the rockets dropping down. Yeah, and there's a second docking level. You get all three ships together if you're that good, and I did. You get a ah. massive ship firing a billion mm. bullets at once. Well, three. <laughs> so that's easy. Scramble with both done. I can do. Level five on scramblers actually is just getting to the the maze. I think is the fifth level, so that's dead easy for us now. I've I've actually done five loops instead of five levels on that. Yeah, I think when I play it now, when I sort of get into it, and I've had a few quick goes. I can do five loops any time. So that's a hundred thousand plus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think my score and my well, I tell you what, I'm inviting you in the new year yeah, yeah. to come down and graffiti my scoreboards. <laughs> because the Galaxian Multi, which has got about 19 games on it, it's mm. all got save scores on there. So you can yeah, come so. on and put some Galaxian scores on, some Mooncrestor scores. It's even got Scramble on there. It's a slightly different version of Scramble. It's a bit of a hacked version. But my Scramble is in the same machine. No, it isn't. It's in the other one. I've got... Because I've got some those jammer switches on my machine. Now. So my two vertical little jammer cabarets I've got, one of them has got Raiden, Raiden 1 in it, and the Galaxian Multiboard, which is awesome. So two good games in there. Well, 20 good games in there. And the other one has got Scramble with the high score kit on it and a 60 in one. Oh, But I also put nice. the, uh, I put another game in there. What was it? But I'm, I'm sort of putting two games in so you can switch between the two. It's brilliant. It's really good. So oh, it's awesome. a cordial invite, invitation to you, sir, to come down and graffiti my high scores. I dare you. Very nice. I'd love to. So the the games I think I'm going to struggle with on this five level challenge. Oh, I know Fro- what they are. Frogger. Oh God. Do you know what? I can get to like level four, and then that is e- it. Sixteen thousand is my is my absolute glass ceiling on Frogger. I cannot get past it. When I get past it, I will have a party. <laughs> Crush Roller. That is a tough game. I can't even. I can ju- nearly do the first level. Five levels. That, that is got to be impossible. Surely. 
burger time. How hard's that going to be? Five levels of that. Well, I could do five levels on the Intellivision version. I got really into the Intellivision version of it, but that is not the arcade version. The arcade version is way harder. I could probably do three, I reckon. You've got to learn, I think, how to pattern it. What kind of pattern it? You group the baddies, don't you? It takes a long time to group them, though. That's the thing. But you can get some massive scores when you group them. You've got to use a lot of peppers for that. Mm, Peter Pepper. Peter Pepper. Peter Pepper picked a peck of peppers. Burgers. Peng- yes. Pengo. That's going to be tough as nails. Oh, God. Pengo is a... I used to be really good at it. I had a board early in my collecting days, like 10 years ago. And I really got into it. I got about 50,000 one time. I don't know what settings they were on. It might have been on easy for all I know. I can't remember. But I did really well at it. And I was quite good at it. And, and a lot of the 8-bit versions like on the Atari XL had a game called Pengon, which was really cool. Ooh. And I was really, really good at it. But Pengo is just so hard. Well, even on the competition settings I've got it on, it's it's set to easy. And mm. it's not easy. No, it's not. Oh, no. Space Those Panic. Stupid blobs. Space Panic can do about three levels on. And then the two paddle games, Super Breaker and Arkanoid, trying to do them with a stick is going to be tough. Even with a paddle doing Arkanoid. Mm. We, we are not Charlie Fry, are we? No, we're not. You can like do the flipping game. But are you struggling on the Donkey Kong levels? Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not into Donkey Kong, are you? I'm terrible at, at Donkey Kong. I've got to learn it. I was really rusty, but I did both of them quite easily. I can get like 70,000 without thinking. It's the US version, isn't it? So you get yes. you don't get all the levels first go. So five levels would be... Oh, God, five levels is over 100,000. Is That's it? That's in actual levels, because when, when you knock Kong off his perch, that is a level, and it says the level's in the corner. But it goes sort of like one four, so that's one level, and then one two four, and then one two one three four, and it goes like so. It's that's a lot. Just five screens would do, I think, for that one. That's what I'm going for. Because I think, I think that's a, 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 an easy achievable goal for people who don't play Donkey Kong. Xevious, I don't know how we're going to do five levels of that because it's just no. one continuous level. Yeah, that would be a score-based thing, I would have thought. Have Might be 100,000, do you think, on that? Oh, God, I don't even get 100,000. I've got 30 at the most. I can't even do, not... the, I can't do the last level. When that thing turns up and starts bombing you, I cannot do it. I just cannot do it. Mm. I'll get there easy without losing a life, and I just can't do that bit. And you've got the two oddballs, which is Hustler. You and me. Which is... Yeah. And you've yeah. got Hustler, which is... It's not level-based, is it? No, and the pinball one. What's the pinball one that we like? Ooh, What's it called? I've got two yeah. boards. I've got a board for you for that. Oh, I like so it. I bought two boards for cheap. I've made a connector for one because it needs a special little extra connector, which I haven't got. But I'll make another adapter up and send it up to you. I like that game. It's a brilliant mm. little game. I was going to make a little cab for that, you know. Yeah. Little, I've got a little 10 yeah. inch screen. I was thinking of making a little, like a pinball shaped cab with it in the bottom. With actual bumpers on it, so you can actually hit the bumpers to make it jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Jump around. <laughs> so, I think uh, we could actually share this spreadsheet. It's not a spreadsheet, it's a list. List. And if anyone wants to join in with us and try and do the five-level challenge on the 16-1, as providing you've got a 16-1, you could yeah. use MAME, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, just use the same settings as us. And mm. it's not going to be next week or the week after. It's going to be an ongoing thing. We'll just report oh, back God, on yeah. it. But yeah. I don't think we'll ever do all of them, because some of them are hard. I'm going to do they're them. They're terribly difficult, some of them. Congo Bongo is really tough. I can do five levels on that easy. Can you? Yeah, I can loop it, yeah. When you get into oh, it, right. that game isn't too bad. It's, it's actually... I hated it at first. When I got into it, you sort of learn the mechanics a little bit, and it's not too bad. Oh, right. Yeah, it's, it's good when you get... you just got to stick at it a little bit, I think, that one. 
I'm going to find the shooters easier, obviously, and the maze and the platform ones more difficult, but it's going to be good. You do five levels in 1943? Because they're quite long levels, aren't they? I don't think I ever have. I've not played it that much. No, I don't really like 1943. It's nowhere near as good as 42. And 1943 Kai as well, which is the Japanese sort of spin-off thing they did. Very similar there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get there. So that's what I've been doing, wasting my Christmas. i tell you what I've been also been doing. You've been learning something. Been learning electrics. What, what have you learned? This is quite... Right. Let's start <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Someone has let you loose with a soldering iron. No. Oh, okay. This is electrical theory. You know, a few weeks ago I said I have no idea what's going on in a cab. Yes. Like plus volts and ampage and all that watts and... Gubbins. Not, what, not watts, but yeah. So I've been learning it over Christmas. Oh, yeah. From what so source? I now, I now know the difference between AC and DC. Just basic stuff I had no idea about. Okay. I know the difference between voltage, amps and wattage and... And what a resistor is and a capacitor. And I've just been, I, I got right into it actually. It's really, really fascinating for me, this. I know certain things and I'm very ignorant on other things. Transistors, diodes, I'm getting into it. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, there's certain things I do know what they do and certain things I have not got a clue about. Mm. But I, yeah, I've actually, I bought ages ago uh, Electronics for Dummies, that one of those early learning books. Yeah. Basically, an ABC for idiots like me. Yeah, and I sort of go into the start of it and then stopped reading it and read something else. But I, I do need to. I'd like to get back into that. But it's just it's quite a big book, and there's not it's so many pictures either. So I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I don't like it. Guess what I've done? Right, what on God what have you done? Tell me. Spread, spreadsheet. On what? Electrics. On electrics. Spreadsheet is called learning electrics. Learning electric. LL. Learning yeah. electrics. <laughs> So I'm just adding to it that I'm flying all over the internet like a little little electrical butterfly flying from site to site, looking at things and then going away. Like an electric mosquito. Yeah. So that, that's what you, I'm doing. Have you done anything with your knowledge? Have you fixed anything or learnt to do something with something? No, but the thing that's got me mm-hmm. is you can use voltage to send signals and not just push push amps through a circuit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how your buttons. That's how your buttons work. Yeah, that is, so it's suddenly become a lot clearer how the you know the jammer loom interacts with the rest of it. Has your mind been expanded? Mind, mind equals blown, as they say on them internets. Yes, indeed. So that's pretty good then. I'm glad, well, you should share your knowledge with me because I'm certain things I just do not know about. I really don't. Yeah. Did, did you also learn that when I was around your house, I told you off? For just throwing a 60-in-1 board on top of another PCB in your cab live. Do you know <laughs> yeah. why that was bad now? Yes, could could lead to electrical leakage. Not really. It could have just like, shorted Short, something and killed everything, everything on both of your boards. Yeah. You silly man. But now I'll put a peanut butter sandwich in between them. That's sticky and also non-conductive. Well done. Mm-hmm. Very good. Nuts so that's everywhere. what I've been doing over Christmas. Cool. And I'm going to carry on with those two two rather pointless things. Actually, learning electrics is not pointless. No, that's pretty good, actually. Well done. I've been playing games and basically just relaxing, getting up when I want. This morning I set an alarm and then I snoozed for a bit, which was lovely. It's just, it's great. We've been out for breakfast in nice places. We've been just wandering about. It's been really nice, actually. 
Oh, that's good. I've been traveling all over, visiting family members, so many family members, in-laws and outlaws, and even family, someone else's family I visited. Oh, dear. I didn't we had, even... We had to do the family thing in Weymouth for yeah. a few days. Oh, God. It was... The bed was uncomfortable. Certain people... And we were left Christmas Day <laughs> lunchtime. We got yeah. back in an hour and a half. It was really quick. Was, the, the roads were completely empty. That was our plan. It was brilliant getting back again. And just chilling out at home. It's lovely. Uh-huh. So, uh, things for Christmas we will talk about in the pickups, I suppose, because we got stuff. Yes. I got some nice stuff for Christmas. But what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to review the year we've had in podcast form. We're not going to yes. take. We're not going to talk about any of the, the disastrous 2016 depressing things that have happened because lots have happened rubbish in 2016. We're going to focus on the decent things and the daft things we've done in podcasts. Yes. So if people are new to this, we'll give you a quick summary and you can go back and listen to me if you like. Yes, good idea. We'd be, we'd be honoured if you did. So do you want to start off with January then, young man? January 2016. We're going to do it by quarters. So we're going to go January, February, March, and then we're going to have one of our regular sections. So January, we started the year with the podcast 52.5, which was a special, a special podcast covering Victor's trip to America. That's right. God, I had a great time in December last year. 2015, December, I had a holiday in America and I visited podcasting friends, arcades. It was amazing. Chicago was freezing cold. It was lovely. Everyone I met was lovely. Everyone in the hotels were lovely. We ate some amazing food. We saw, we saw some amazing things. We bought some cool stuff. It was really, really nice. I enjoyed it. So, start of January, I yapped about it for an hour or so. So that was really good. I enjoyed that. And I went to the biggest arcade in the world, uh, Galloping Ghost. And it was for hand to who stick. And I'd like Mm. to go back there again and take you as well, young man. They're still expanding, aren't they, Galloping Ghost? Yep. I think they're getting close to 1,000, is it? No, 600. They're getting close to 600 games now. I think. They haven't done a podcast for a little while, which I'm quite upset about. I want to hear what they're doing and what they're up to. But I think they've just expanded the place to fit in 1,000 games, the way I understand yeah, they, it. They've, they've bought extra units and things, haven't they? They've bought the whole road, basically. The whole road belongs <laughs> to Cullen and Ghost now. Honestly, it's really long. Yeah, brilliant. They've just unveiled, I think it's Radmobile in a cockpit version, is their latest game. So, that Christmas, before January, you practiced 1942, and finally, one coin completed it. One credit completed it. Yeah. Have you done uh, it since? Have you had to I do it haven't since? done it since. I need to put it back in my cab and do it again. You tend know. not to do that sort of thing, don't you? I've, I've done Kung Fu Master a few times. Yeah. Uh, when we played at, at the arcade club. And I don't think I've done... Because remember I completed Green Beret? Mm. I haven't done that since either. And certain things you sort of think, right, I've done that. I'm not playing it again. And you just don't really play it to completion anymore. You just play it when you want to. Just yeah, play for enjoyment, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, talking of Kung Fu Master, that was one of the featured games. And because I had a mod to the code on one of my on my PCB, which allows you to kick whenever you like, rather than taking a few steps, then doing a, a jump kick, yeah. a certain person moaned like a whining, septic, dripping thing and would not <laughs> let us forget about it because we beat him by loads. So, when I went to Arcade Club, I legitimately beat him at his own game. Pa-ha, <laughs> ha-ha-ha-ha, ha-ha-ha. 
That person was known as Tronads, but has morphed into Trollnad. He's got little green spiky bits. Trollnad. <laughs> he looks like one of those germs on Dr. Mario. <laughs> yeah, it could be. He doesn't really. Guesting, guesting on the January podcast was Ollie Alpha One doing a write-up of the EAG 2016 event in London. Yes. And Joe Majira, who I interviewed in the US, a collector of super rare games, including Aka R, that we were interested in, the side yeah, art. Yeah, it's lovely. An unreleased prototype vector thing. He also had a, a blaster in a wooden cabinet, which is very, very rare. Mm. They're normally in those Duramold things, aren't they? Yeah. And I saw, I bought a new car. What did you get? A, a Volkswagen Golf. Is it fixed yet? Cause you yes, 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 yes. It's all done oh. and dusted. Put a new door on it, sorted. I was just about to move my my notes with my finger then, and I've just realised it's on a PC screen. I've got to use a mouse. <laughs> Idiot. So in February, we talked about a recent trip to Las Vegas Arcade and Soho. That's when you came down, wasn't it? Yeah. And we had a look round in the rain, I remember. Mm. We, had, we had a few games down there, which was quite fun. Then we just... Drank some beer and chatted all night. And that is when we had the whiskey that night. Oh. And we drank a bit too much of it by accident. Broken tokens, bourbon. Yes. Ooh, bourbon. Good. Not yeah. bourbon, bourbon. And we went to Smarty Martin's Meet in Fleet in Hampshire, which was a great little day, that. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And mm. the feature games we had that time was Flicky, which you had rather a soft spot for, didn't you? It's it's all types of awesome. Mm, I love to like it. Reverse ten pence effect. I ended up hating it and don't like it anymore. Oh! But you've got right into that, haven't you? You get loads on that. You're really good. Well, I didn't play it for. I played it non-stop for about three months, mm-hmm. and then I stopped for quite a while. And I've started playing it at arcade club in the last same month again. Yeah. But uh, they no, say two months, and I, I can get back up to two and a half million on it. But I did. Lou, I forgot some of the routes through the maps. Muscle memory was working on some of them. Yeah, you've got to remember the, the things, haven't you? Yeah, but it's interesting again, like just kind of scraping through the levels sort of reactions instead of just a set route. Eee. I'm loving it again. We also did Astro Blaster, the good old... Oh, but that's Astro Blaster, just an Astro Blaster. You certainly were, and you made a silly song for that, didn't you? Yeah, no, 10 Pence Arcade did. Oh, yeah, in collaboration with the 10 Arcade people. Yeah. And Flicky. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Tony Basil was on on that, wasn't she? Or not. Bless her. Yeah, we should have the excerpts of that. Yes. Hey, Flicky, you're so fine. You're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey, Flicky. Hey, Flicky. Oh, Flicky, what a pity you don't understand. You take me by the wing when you take me by the beak. Oh, Flicky, you're so pretty. Can't you understand? It's birds like you, Flicky. Oh, what you do, Flicky, do, Flicky. Don't break your beak, Flicky. Hey Flicky, now when you take me by the neck, who's ever gonna know? And every time you move, I let a little more show. There's something you can use, 
So don't say no, Flicky. 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 Oh, gosh. Do we really have to play that again? It's great. <laughs> We're also uh, featured in the Top 50 Gaming Blogs article. Uh, mm. I think that's still on our website. Mm. Guest in this month was Alan Meads from the Arcade Tales comic thing. He's only done one. He needs to do another one, Alan, because it will great. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Actually, he's done one and a half. He did like a promo comic and then released uh, the first one. Mm. And then on to March... March. I went to the first of a few I play gaming events. This is the one that James RGP is providing the cabs for. Yeah. And it's a younger crowd with lots of other machines, consoles, competitions, you know, beer and burgers kind of place. Great. Mm-hmm. So that was in Liverpool. That was the first one I went to this year. And by then, you were obsessed with Flicky. I was. Couldn't get away from it. Yeah. Unfortunately, the featured games. No. <laughs> No, Ladybug. Don't, don't start. I've got to do that on the 16-one challenge, you know, Ladybug. <laughs> well, I wiped all my scores from the 16-one because I wanted to start fresh for our little challenge. I, I, I think I had 154,000 when I did Ladybug. I got right into Ladybug, really enjoyed it. And I'm still talking with Thorsten in Germany about getting a Ladybug wall mount machine. He's agreed to sell it to me. We're just trying to iron out how to get it here. And get it picked up from him and, and couriered over. So I really want to get that machine this year. I've got to get it. It's been over a year we've been trying to get this now. So we're really pushing towards getting that. And I like it a lot. But you weren't so hot Keen. on it. No. Mm. Got, can you do five levels? You must be able to do five easy, levels. Easy, easy. I can do about seven, I think. And then it starts getting really difficult. Oh, God, I'm going to struggle then It's been a that. while. That was March. It's been a while. And, and mm. Gunsmoke. We both hated Gunsmoke, didn't we? Well, I didn't, because it was a shooter, I wasn't that hard on it, but it wasn't as good as Commando, it was kind of after Commando, kind of, it was alright. Really difficult game to play, wasn't it? God, it was tough. Yeah, Yeah, really tough game. We retired the releases from this month in history section and replaced it with Hardware Heroes. We certainly did. Mm. And we'll probably retire that before long as well, because we sort of ran out. Yeah. No more heroes anymore. No, because you've eaten them all. Ha ha! There are chocolate. No more heroes anymore. Whatever happened to the hardware heroes? I'm doing an air guitar. Did you see that? See that, listeners? Air guitar. Sorry. You've been told. Okay. Uh, and we also went to Steve Bonehead's meet in Bedfordshire. And that was a great time. I really enjoyed that. Mm. We played that really, really old 70s game, Rebound. That black and white thing. 1974. That was an absolute privilege to play. That really it was, was. It was fun, wasn't it? It was probably mm. more fun than the normal games we play because I'd never even seen that game before. Like, it's not on MAME or anything like that. Cause it's an old uh, CPU-less game, wasn't it? And also playing Gravatar. Didn't like it. Cap. Didn't like Ma- it. Major Havoc. Didn't like that either. I know. I know it's a <laughs> bit of a sacrilege for people, but I don't like it. I think it's a rubbish game. And Space Duel. I thought Space Duel was the best of those three. Space Duel is quite good. Duel. I like Duel. Guesting on the podcast was Phil Murphy talking about the upcoming Nerg. The wonderful to- Nerg. Yeah. And Toby Nenakorn from via Facebook actually talking about the goings on in the Las Vegas Soho Arcade, which you know we what? didn't go to. I, yeah. passed, I passed by that yesterday in town. 
Oof. We went to London for some things yesterday to have a breakfast at a really posh place, which I quite like, called Baltasar. Amazing breakfast, really good. And wife had to go up to Soho to get some uh, haberdashery stuff for her needlework thingy she does. And we passed that. I went, oh, they've got a thing in there. You beat. You beat, yes. But mm. it, it's one of those ones that's on one of those fangled modern credit card thingies. And you've got to buy about £5 worth of credit before you can even use it. So we didn't have a go of it. No. Oh. I'll wait until oh, Arcade Club gets someone going play there. Yay. They have got a couple of rhythm games in Arcade Club Floor 2. Rhythm games. Rhythm. Which we will be talking about in an upcoming podcast. Cool. Okay, let's get on to regular feature, shall we? Arcade News. I, I put this on one of the forums. I saw in the motorway services a game called Galactic Invasion. Ooh, sounds good. It's got a good, strong name. It's... It was basically a shoot 'em up. It was just in the corridor as you walk through the the place, and it's it was Space Invaders meets Galaxian. So you had the space the ship at the bottom, the the bases that look like cities, the mothership flying across the top, mm-hmm. but the baddies were Galaxians that dive bombed you. All right, was it sort of old school graphics or was it all modern update things? No, it was like those flash style graphics. Ooh, no. It was in a like a plastic moulded cab. Was it only ten pence a go? It was a pound. Ooh! But I, I played it for quite a while because the your Galaxian skills transferred quite easily to that game. Did you have to win tickets? No, that's the thing. There's oh, no good. tickets. Cool. No tickets. It was just an entertainment game. So it's quite nice to that's see. That's what they're for, isn't it? A new game. A new retro game in a mainstream environment. That's what I took away from that. Next time I go to Fleet Services or Roundhams, I'll have a look at that. Mm, it was in, I think it was in Keel Services on the M6. Okay. I think. Two of our featured game players and friends, Neil Twenty to Five and Mark Happy Dude, have both recently purchased candy camps. Candy. Welcome to the Candy Land. <laughs> Just made that. Up. They bought an Astro <laughs> and a Blast City, respectively. Nice going. They are nice, nice cabinets. I hope you enjoy going, those, lads. Mm. And just a little tiny bit of biscuit news. I know we always go on about biscuits, but they are important. They are. Another blow for biscuit lovers. Mm. Rivington Biscuits is going into... Uh, so I've got to read it again because I've forgotten. Yeah, a popular brand of pink wafer is under threat after a company went into administration sh- following a sharp fall in the value of sterling after Brexit. So then pink wafers... I love a pink remember? wafer. Yeah. I've not had them for years. And you can nibble the wafer them. bit off, then there's a bit of pink cream, and he would nibble that off. There's more. It's just layer after layer. Yeah. It's the laminated pinkness of loveliness. I think it's the only company that still makes them in the UK. And oh, if they no. go bust, there's no more pink wafers. Really? Yeah. That is a blow for our childhood as well. I had them when I was a kid all the time. Yeah. Pink wafers are amazing. Dip them in tea, they go all soggy. They're lovely. Have you ever had fizzy wafers? They did a fizzy version one time. No. Oh, fizzy wafers are amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, I want a fizzy wafer now. And Darren Domination sent us a picture of the Biscuit Island in an Aussie supermarket. And it seems to be dominated by one company called Arnott's. Arnott's. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, so we've just had massive layer after layer of biscuits in the UK. Mm. How it should be. I think there's probably only about two or three biscuit manufacturers. It's just all different names, isn't it, in the UK? Yeah, I think so. Loads of different types yeah. as well. Yeah. How it should be. Oh, here's one for you. Not really for me, because I don't care at all about it. Outrun mm-hmm. 3, possibly coming in the future. Possibly. 
It's on the radar, confirms Yu Suzuki about Outrun 3. Possible, mm. possible. Yeah, but everyone's been going mad about this. All the fanboys who go really mm. crazy for it. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's going to be debuted on the Dreamcast 2. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, fanboys are probably falling about the place because of that fainting in, in exasperation of it. Oh, who cares? It's just a racing car game. It'll be the same as all the others, but with a red mm. Ferrari because they've patented it. Meh. Oh, I love the drifting on Outrun 2. It's a drifter's paradise. Mm. Catch with drift. Been spending most my life living in a drifter's paradise. You might have to edit that bit out, Vic. <laughs> I'll edit you out. <laughs> Guess what? What? A Japanese guy has made over 200 Counting Baby miniature arcade machines at 124th scale. This is an old ish website, so he's been doing it for years. And he started off making these little tiny Bimani games. And then he like, takes photos and puts little stick figures next to them. And if you looked at it quickly, you'd think, oh, it's an arcade, that. But he's in these very detailed, tiny arcade machines. And I think he somehow takes screenshots, screen grabs or whatever off the screens and sticks them on the little mini monitors. Mm-hmm. So it looks the business, but it's all in Japanese. So you've got to sort of translate and sort of guess. Can, can, I, yeah. can I give a massive, so what? what? What do you mean? Why is he bothering? It's a thing. He should get a life. You've got to have a thing. There was, I'm not sure one of our Twitter followers did it on Twitter, when they made a poll of what should we do with these little arcade miniature scale models that everyone keeps putting on eBay and flooding eBay with. Should you either burn them, smash them, uh, I think trample them with an elephant or something, or do you quite like them? I think the overriding thing was smash them. Because when, when you look for arcade stuff on eBay, it comes up with these scale models, scale models, loads of them. Someone, one or two sellers sell hundreds of them. Not just like, here's one site and you can pick the one you want. They're just different ones. Or it just keeps coming up. But if you on eBay, if you use Arcade Machine and then use a little extension minus model, it will not mm. pick out anything with the word model in it. So you can do Arcade Machine minus model, minus bar top, minus... PCB, if you're just looking for machines, and it'll only look for that certain subject. But those things, I think, are a pain in the backside. I don't, I don't see any reason for them. Collect the real machines. It's a thing. You've got to have a thing. No, I wouldn't have a thing. I wouldn't have those little stupid things in my garage at all. It's, a, it's an obsession. It's better than little trains. No. Train sets. No. I don't think it is. They, <laughs> at least with a train set, you can get around and around the track. These little machines do nothing. You can't play them. You just look at them. Rubbish. Yeah, you get the, pleasure of, get the pleasure of building it, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> Here's two documentaries to look at with your eyes. Yes. One we- of them is courtesy of the fantastic arcade blogger site, Mr. Tony Temple. Mm-hmm. And it's History of Video Games Documentary. It's been around for a few years. I've never seen it. And I've still never seen it on account of being away visiting people's families we'll have to look at a few of these over the next few days in the christmas period and try and do some reviews for these because i've been watching a few things i watched the indie game one and i watched the et dig in the in the new mexico desert yeah i've seen that they're both quite fun nothing to do with arcades really but still quite interesting because they're video Mm. game related quite good 
And yeah. we'll actually find some decent arcade ones like this one, and we'll do some reviews on them, I think, for the new year. And there's another one called Beep, B-E-E-P, a documentary history of game sound. Oh, cool. That'd be interesting. Mm. So I'm quite into weird sounds. More of that mm. coming in the future. A mm. hundred, yeah. It talk, talks to over a hundred game audio professionals. It's probably very interesting, I would think. That. Yeah, yeah, because I, some of the game music and even just sound effects are great. And I like the way they're produced. It's interesting to know how they did them back in the day because they had a lot less instruments and synthesizers and that sort of thing. They probably programmed the sounds rather than produce them with a machine, I suppose. PSG, programmable sound generators with the first chips. Well done, you. Clever, aren't I? This is what electrics you've been doing lately. Uh, I got that from the Plan podcast that we did. Well done. Yeah. So you found something on the... The Titronics Facebook page. Tell us about this. Yeah, I hadn't seen these before. And they are. It's a picture of a Taito showroom, Japan 82. Yeah, some really so old games in there, really old some ones. Some classics in there. There's like mm-hmm. Missile X, Lupin 3, Super Speed Race. I still want to play an original Speed Race. I've not played. I had one. Yeah. I had a Speed Race CL5 machine. God, a lot, a lot of good. fun. Yeah, it's a good game, actually. Real nice little racing game. A Monaco GP, what we very nearly played in Eurocade 2015, but it, it had broken down, hadn't it? Oh, yeah, the tabletop one. Yeah, that's a really good-looking game. Nice game. Mm-hmm. On this picture, anyway, there is two very strange kind of hybrid candy cab things. Yeah, odd-looking things. Never seen them before myself. And I'll just I'll put a, a question on for you. What the hell are these, Vic? Have you seen them before? Well, if you looked at the, um, the Facebook page and some of the comments on there, someone had said the same thing. What is that machine? And someone else had replied saying, oh, it's a, it was a, a general purpose cab, kind of like a love child of an upright wood, wooden machine in a cocktail cabinet that was once mm. intimate with a cabaret. Menage au trois arcades. It's it's a little tiny wooden machine. Looks like the top half of an arcade upright machine. And then the bottom part has got like a little tub, like a metal tub, like a cocktail cabinet, but small, with little cocktail legs on it. Mm. Basically, a little sit sit down machine. It's a cute little thing. I've never seen one in the flow. I didn't see any when I went to Japan because these are obviously early 80s when these things were made. They're probably smashed up since then. But yeah, really mm. cute little thing. I found a bigger picture and put it on our page. We'll put that on the webpage so people know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's really interesting, that. One last bit of news before we get on to the second quarter of 2016. Yes. I have gained some knowledge that a shadowy cabal of arcade tinkerers are working on a scramble hardware multi-game kit. <gasps> I have been pushing for years for someone to make this, and I've I've been heeded at last. Very it's nice. Early days yet, and I hope to find out more in the next few months. Cause it's going to take a while getting them all working, but I'm very excited to have one board with all my favourite scramble hardware games on. Mm. Do you know what I want to push for? That was my excited noise. Good. I thought you might have been having a poo. No. It was my excited noise. <laughs> do you know what I want to push for? What do you want to push for? A scramble editor, where you can change the landscape, that, change change the mazes. That'd be or, a great thing to do. Or a random. You go through one loop of scramble, second loop is completely random, with a bit of bit of algorithms in, so it's not too bonkers. Do you know what? 
there's one mm. person I know of, yeah. Mr. Adrian Sea Monkey. If you're listening, mm. mate, we would love you to have a crack at that. He's the kind of guy who could do that. Because mm. he was editing Packland levels. And that's a much more complicated game. Mm. So I I'd think, love that. And also, remember Sean Fu Master? Someone changed the graphics on Sean Fu Master? Yeah. Have your little head on there? That. that was quite fun. Mm. That'd be that's... awesome, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay, so, then, shall we go on to the second quarter of 2016, April to June? The two-fourths bit. Yes. It's not, quarter, two. quarter two. Quarter two. Quarter two. Vic restored a space fever cocktail to pristine condition. Oh, that was my second one I did. Because mm. I got my own one, and that is still pristine and still for sale, by the way. Please, somebody buy it. It's <laughs> in the way. How much is it? £100? No, about 500 odd, I expect. It's lovely. It's really nice looking. It's all mm. original. Well, 95% original parts in it, even down to the screws. Wow. So you attended the 8-bit flip, which was a pinball thing, at Arcade Club. Yes, on the lower floor, floor 2, that was just open for that. Mm-hmm. Very good. There were some excellent new pinballs there, like The Hobbit. Oh, okay, that's a good game. Like that one. Mm, and The Walking Dead. So really mm. cutting-edge pinball stuff. Excellent. That was new, a good day. New expensive machines they are as well. Mm. I went to the first, for me, London video game market. Mm. Packed. Good fun. Met some of our mates there. It's quite fun. Like that. Nice. We covered the mighty 60-in-1 PCB, which we're still talking about months later to this in day. a four-hour special podcast. It was a long one, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun doing those games. We had mm. a lot of fun doing that. Mm. We had Tim Nichols on talking about his arcade book and also Jim Bagley. Yeah, quick chat with Jim Bagley. The mighty Jim Bagley. Mm. Featured games, apart from the 61, were Moon Patrol and Bank Panic in the same month. And we had a little sketch, and it goes a little bit like this. Morning. Howdy. Thank you, sir. There you go. Thank you, ma'am. Hello there. You a bandit? Sure am. And I'm going to rob you all just as soon as I get my gun out and... Ah, you shot me in the face. I say, that's what happens to bandits in this bank, fair or otherwise. Oh, and you have a big bag of cash. Thank you very much. It's very good, that. Very good. I attended Play Blackpool and took part in a mega cast hosted by the lovely IGDS guys. Mm-hmm. That was an, a good fun day. That was the quiz one, wasn't it? No, the quiz one was in October. Oh, yeah, you've done loads with other people. Mm. Yeah, in Moonlighting. You're lucky get. Moonlighting. And the Tenpence Orchestra performed I Shot the Sheriff. I Shot the Sheriff.
I shot the sheriff, shot him in the face, you see. <laughs> Absolutely. You must know the mm. lyrics to that one. Yeah. So on to, on to May. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I play gaming. Another one in Leeds. In Leeds. In oh, Leeds. That, was a, that was a good one. Uh, the featured games were. Oh Pete, Lord. Peter Packrat, and the best part of that was the Ten Pence Orchestra <laughs> performing Death Rat. Death which, Rat. Yeah. Which just like is, this. Just like this. That's so good. It was a quickie, but a goodie. And the very awesome Gunbird, Mm. which is now owned, the PCB I was playing, by Ross, 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 Ross. And I hope he's getting a lot of enjoyment out of it, because more than I would, I think. Mm. That's good. It's a, it's a shooter's shooter's paradise. Been spending most money. Yeah, guesting was Charlie Farr, who because became he was the, yeah. the Twin Galaxy world record holder on Galaxian. Let's give him another yeah. one of these. A monumental achievement. Got over two million on flipping Galaxian. What a guy! What a guy! <laughs> June, my birthday month. Sean visited Play Glasgow. You've been around a bit, and another yeah. I play gaming in Liverpool again. Yeah. You get around, son. I do. You do. Look, you visited. Did you know that you visited the Four Thieves, oh, yeah. the Four Quarters, and London Hackspace? All in the same month. I did, yeah. They were good Goodness friends, gracious. Luke. Goodness gracious me. Mrs. Tenpence. My lovely update, wife. Updated the website. We went from purple pence to red pence. That's all count to you, changing our logo colours around. Very well done. Hmm. Oh, we, we did Pac-Mania. Which I'm mm. getting back, yes, very soon. I don't know. It's been picked up from Weymouth. Yes. My old Pac-Man. I don't know where it is at the moment, but I'll be getting it hopefully in the next few days when they go back to work, I suppose. It's actually coming tomorrow. He should have it by the time this podcast is in your ears. Also, we reviewed Circus Charlie. Mm. Uh, ben and Kerry Vip were down that weekend staying with us, and Ben got me into Circus Charlie because I wasn't really into it, and we started playing it, and he started getting good at it, and I went, oh, I'm not having that. So we got a bit competitive, and I got into it. I got really into it, and I still like Circus Charlie to this day. Oh, I do. It that, is a good game. That was. Is that the reverse 10 pence effect, or the, the 10 pence effect, where you don't like it, and then you like it? That's a reverse effect. The reverse effect, and that's what I had. And I've played it the other mm-hmm. day again. It's a lot of fun, that little game. It is good. It is good. Yep. Arcade pickups. Okay, so now we're going to cover pickups, but we're going to do a bit, bit different the best pickups of the year. Mm, I'll also do my Christmas... Are you going to do your Christmas pickups? I can do. There's nothing arcadey though. But there never is with you. No. <laughs> so, okay, let's get on to pickup of the year for you. And this... You've actually done all your pickups of the year. So, take us through... I didn't have many. Right, here we go. T-shirts, mugs, biscuits, posters, keychains, biscuits, new joystick, fridge magnet, a chair, virtual books, magazines, biscuits, a graphic card, pint glass... Full version of main PC, Banco Panico board, King of Air board, Riding Two board, which let me borrow biscuits, Raspberry Pi, Wi-Fi dongle, top trumps. I've lost them top trumps. I cannot oh. find them top trumps of classic arcade, uh, classic consoles and computers. Oops. And the pickup of the year is one that you sent me, sir. Okay. Which is a car sticker. Oh yes. <laughs> that says no custard creams left in this vehicle overnight. <laughs> Stuck it in the back of my car. You forgot to mention um, biscuits. 
Yeah, we have we have had so many biscuits. Lots of biscuits from lots of lovely people sending to us. Thank you very much for the biscuits. Mm. My pick of the year, I think, is is getting on very closely to a Grail cab of mine. I don't really do the Grail cab thing, but I picked up that Centipede Cabaret cabinet. Mm. And I've, I've, I didn't think I was ever going to get one because they're quite hard to find now because people do not let them go because it's a good game, a good size for a game, good game, good size for a game, <laughs> and it's it's being restored now. I need to get onto that in the next few days. I am going to. Yes, I've got two boards for it. Neither of them work. Phil Murray has got one. Hopefully, he can have a look for, at it for me when he's got some time. But in the meantime, I'm going to make an adapter up to play 60 and 1 in there so I can play the 60 and 1 centipede just for now on the machine right. until the board gets fixed properly so that'd be quite fun I'll have a bit of practice on that mm. well my crumbly Christmas crumbly crumbly Hanukkah whatever you like to call this period of time in the year holiday season mm. I bought what well, I got from lovely wife I got a book about Data East really? It's a really, oh, it's, a really it's a good one it's a new one I think we May have spoke about it just in the news section very quickly. It's a right. really good paperback book, quite a big book. It's got some amazing cover art on it, really well drawn cover up from some of the Data East games, like the bad dudes and Peter Pepper with all the stuff chasing them on the front. And it's quite an interesting documentary type book about the company. So it starts off with their early games, like the Deco cassette hardware and Burger Time and stuff like that, and the early games. And it goes through to later games. And it's yeah. like quite a big write-up about the game, how popular it was. But also, the thing I like about it, they've got arcade pictures, some nice, colourful arcade pictures of the game being played. And they've also got, where there was console and computer ports of it, they've got like a comparison pictures of the different games. So you can see what the Spectrum version looked like, the Apple II, the X68000, the NES version, or whatever. So you've got comparison pictures of all the games. It's a really cool book. about about third way through it so far. It's really nice. When you come down, I'll let you have a look at it. It's good. Is, is it a hardcore gaming 101 book is it one of their one of their books i don't think it is actually i haven't got it near me at the moment but it's very very good i'll pop a link on the website for everyone to look at so you can go and buy one as well it's a really Excellent. cool book wife finds some amazing presents for me because i'm very mm. hard to buy because when i want to buy something it's usually an arcade machine or an arcade part or an arcade board or whatever and for someone who doesn't know about arcades or know where to get these things, because you can't just go into a shop and buy them off the shelf. You've got to go on eBay, get them off people on the forums and stuff like that. She does mm. really well for me, really, really well. The other thing she bought me, which I've been playing quite a lot of, and she has as well, she's pinched it, is a 3DS Sky 3DS Plus card, which is a cartridge that goes in the back of the 3DS, Nintendo 3DS, and mm. you put an SD card with ROMs on it. Right. So you can play loads of games Ooh, nice. Which is awesome. I've got loads of games. I've been playing one of the Yoshi games. Yoshi! <laughs> Woolly World or something. No, no, it's one of the older ones. It's it's very similar. It's like a follow-up for the 3DS than the ones that were on the N64 and the GameCube. No, a SNES and the N64. Really good games. Where you're Yoshi and you've got a baby Mario on your back. And when you get hit, he falls off and he goes in the bubble. And you've got to get him before the time runs out. It's, really <laughs> right. co- it's a really, really cool little platformer and it's so much fun you, you've got to lick all the things up with Yoshi and swallow them and you've got eggs and you throw eggs around it's a really good game it's a really cute game and Nintendo are best at the cute fun platform games I think in my book oh yeah and she was playing one of the Mario games the other day and I heard her laughing out loud playing the games because of the new features and stuff 
when you get the mm. Tanuki suit, and there's loads of different suits you can get to do different powers in Mario. It's a really cool little thing. So I want to get onto Alex and find out some other 3DS good games because he knows all about them. Mm. Really, really good fun that. Uh, I also got. Let me show you. I don't. I think I put it on Twitter actually. You did. I got this. Ooh. That's my bright, shiny red uh, Apple phone case with a Dig Dug Pooker on the back. Just a big red mm. case with some yellow goggles and eyeballs in it. It's a really cool little thing. I was really good, pleased though. when I got that. I like that a lot. So, what else do I get? I think that's like it, actually. We've got some nice mm. things from, from relatives and stuff to go out eating some places and go to cinemas and stuff like that. So it's all good, actually. Really good things. Enjoyed that. Mm. And we're also... Oh, what else are we doing? We've got loads of things to do that we've sort of been given from people, so we're going to go do that in the next few days as well. But yeah, good good stuff from Christmas. Love that. Nice. Oh, and as I said, Pac Mania has been picked up. That's my little Christmas present to myself, I suppose. It was an offer I could not refuse. <laughs> well, I got I got food, clothes, and a bit of money, which is always good because you can buy things. You can buy things, but nothing arcade. I'm afraid. Ooh. Or oh, tell you what, I did get. They're quite hard to find arcade items, though, aren't they? I got the Ladybird book of the zombie apocalypse. Ah, wife got the Ladybird. Book of Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> or five, five Go Wrong in Brexit, wherever it is. Have you learnt anything from your Ladybird book so far? Yes. After the apocalypse, the very last page of this says, Yesterday, all the water caught fire. Today, the very big bees are coming. The oh. end of the world is full of surprises. Isn't it just? Mm. That'd be a fitting end of 2016, actually, a zombie apocalypse. Okay, I'm just mm. I'm waiting for it to happen now in the next few days. Mm. While you're it looking says, through your zombie apocalypse, I do get distracted very easy. Sorry. Yes. While you're getting distracted, let's do a bit of listener feedback. We just missed this one for the last show. Richard Broadhurst, love the podcast as always. Thank you. He said, "Don't hate the Deco cassette. It has a 6502 processor, and that makes it lovable." Mm, not really. The idea of the cassette was to allow operators to swap the games around themselves, whether that was an arcade, hotel, or pizza shop. For MAME, press F10 when you're using it, or whatever it is to run at full speed during loading, so it makes it quicker. But I do mm. agree that most of the games were pants. Retro Hour have guests, but they have twice as many bits as I can cope with, and they are nearly always in an Amiga. Nothing more than Amiga, as far as he knows. I've never touched one. I've got an Amiga somewhere, mm. a 600. I don't really use it. Mm. Charlie Farr found a S Holly or a Sholly trolley box. You are a trolley box. And he found it at his work. And he's put, get your very own, very own Mr. Holly in a box for Christmas. Now, I've heard of this before. And there's a company called Sholly yeah. that make that make like caddies and trolleys and stuff like with baskets on and that. <laughs> they're called Sholly. <laughs> that is so, your name from now on. Wife calls me that. Oh, it's Sholly. Put that pie down, Sholly, she says. Matthew Bridge wished, mm. wished us a great Christmas and objected to Victor's dissing of Rolling Thunder. No, it's and rubbish. I, I like it. It's a I'll, terrible game, Matthew Bridge. Go away and one, think about it. It's one I do play at Arcade Club quite regularly, but... It's, can you get past get, the first level? No. Uh, yeah, I can do that. I just, just get to level, level two. Is, it's an unfair game, to be honest, but exactly. there's things, things about it to like. The I'm music's gonna... quite good. Mm, and the but, graphics? No, too skinny. Don't like it. 
Don't you know, do you know? I like them lanky leg graphics. I don't like it because all, all the baddies are exactly the same, just with different coloured tunics on and mm-hmm. hats. And they look like the KKK, and the KKK should never be encouraged. <laughs> no. Mick Berry suggested a Famicom Gallagher as a console computer port to play. We haven't played one this time due to all of the reminiscing about the year, but that's a good one to play, isn't it? Gallagher on the Famicom. No, and, because and... Gallagher's a horrible game. No. <clears throat> Galaxian sequel, what should I say? Do you know what I have been playing on the Famicom? Mario. I played a do- bit of Dr. Mario. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. And it's exactly the same as the arcade version. So this was a really interesting, quite an artful tweet from Tagster who is coming to the UK early next year. Hopefully we can catch up with him somewhere. It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. He sent a picture of uh, his phone screen with the arcade podcast, like a little logo on the podcast, and he says, such a great podcast that sometimes you forget about the view. And in the background is the Sydney Opera House, <laughs> yeah, which is an amazing thing to look at. He's on a boat, obviously doing a tour, and he's got our stupid podcast on and an amazing view of the Sydney Opera. One of the true wonders of the world in the background. It's an amazing picture. It's really cool. I might have to put that picture on the website for everyone to look at. It's brilliant. He's got one of the true wonders of the world. And in the background, he's got the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> oh, hey! Well, what he must have done is taken a photo of his phone with, with another phone. With another phone, yeah. Or a camera, yeah. Well done, sir. One of them old things called cameras. Phil Nes for life. Thanks for another good podcast. I am entertained. Thank you, sir. We are here to entertain you. Alpha One, Oliver. He let out a girly scream when he heard the new podcast was out. And K-Man Sweden also agreed with that girly scream. These are two manly men. Manly, bearded, in their 30s men we're talking about. And they let out girly mm. scream. <laughs> and did, as did Tin. Oh, they're all doing girly screams. Alpha One also corrected us by sta- or you, actually, by stating mm. that Vulcan Venture is actually Gradius Two and not Three. I do get confused because Salamander is not really classed as Gradius Two, is no, it? No, it's sort of a spin-off game, isn't it? Yeah. Because then you've got Salamander yeah. Two as well, mm. which came afterwards. Decent game, that. I like that Salamander Two. I like both the games. They're a bit buggy, but they're still quite fun. Mm, buggy Classics. boys a bit buggy. It is, and a bit mm. boy. Mm. So, Ben Purity asked if we knew about Dr. Luigi on the Wii U. I did know about it, and I will be buying it when we get a Wii U. Because when the Wii U's come down in price, when the new Nintendo Switch comes out, I'm going to buy one. I've been wanting a Wii U for a little while. And I'm not paying... Mm. They're still quite expensive. The, the what pre- are they? How the, much? The premium one with, I think, Mario Kart 8 or whatever, which I'm not interested in, is about £240 still. That's a lot, isn't it? Which is more expensive than the other premium consoles, the... Eggbox and the PlayStation, whatever it's called. <laughs> so it's actually more expensive than those two hard hitters because they're the ones that are going to continue now. The the Wii U sort of going a bit more out of out of trend now, really, isn't it? Not people aren't mm. really buying them anymore. I, I haven't seen one in a shop to actually buy for a while. I think you have to get them from mm. online or get them in the back room, or whatever. Yeah, but I'm definitely going to be getting that game when I get a Wii U. Thank you very much. Mm. Jimmy G of the Excellent Pie Factory Podcast wants us to review Miss World ninety Miss World Nude ninety six like they did, or did they? No, they haven't done that. But they talk haven't about it a bit nude. cheekily. But I yeah. said on Twitter, I said we will, we will review that after he'd done Lover Boy. 
Loverboy. Check Loverboy out, kids. It is well. Don't check Loverboy out, kids. No, not safe for work. That game. It is. Mm-hmm. It is really bad and really filthy, and it's got. It's all kinds of wrong. <laughs> it was. It was in a, a a more primitive time in our lives in the eighties, and it's a really wrong game. When they do that one, I think I trumped them with that. Mm. If they do that one, we will do Miss World '96. Because Miss World Nude 96 is a lot easier to explain than Loverboy. I'll let everyone decide for them. You decide. Mm, It is in Maine. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Mm. So Chris Cruz from the Skycursor guys and Chris Binary Star of Binary Star Excellent Vectrex Games were laughing at my hatred for motos. You were comparing it to a large pile of dung. Oh, okay. That's about right. It was a rubbish game, wasn't it? A truckload of dung, you a said. Truck, is that what I did? A truckload of dung. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I said, how big is the truck? Oh, at least an eight-tonner. At least an eight-tonner. Mm. Mad Steeder Calm wished us a very Merry Christmas and said, I can't believe I voted for Dr. Mario months ago and then he decided to play it and I've got no time to play it and I would have got 10 million honest gov. <laughs> but... Okay. We'll, 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 we won't believe that. We want proof. Mm. So Anad Elad Relly. I'm not sure about their name. What does it mean, Anad? I'm sure it's probably backwards. Da- da- Dana, Dale? Mm. Mm. I don't know. Best podcast out there, guys. Hope it goes on forever. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, thank you. Neil, 20 to 5. Thanks for all the podcasts this year, chaps. The hard work and the effort is appreciated. Hope you all have a blast. Thank you, sir. And we did. Mm. Andrew Driver seconded. He's been watching. It's been great. Now I know I missed a l- the last couple of games, but I'll be back in 2017 with Biscuits. Oh! Avec Biscuits. Avec bi- Charlie Fars, but well said, Neil. Merry Christmas to all the Ten Pences out there. Thank you, sir. We have a- had a merry one as well. Mm. Tagster, the guy in Australia again. Yes, a well-deserved holiday. Sherry and Biscuits all round. <laughs> That's how he said it. Did he? Mm. It's good that. Alan Delta Lima said, I'd like to third that and say thanks to Viv and Sean. Looking forward to 2017. Great work, guys. It, I don't think it was a typo. I think he's talking about Auntie Viv who comes around to, you know, cleans up oh. after us. Auntie Viv. Auntie yeah. Viv, yeah. <laughs> Viv, can you just get us an. Oh, look at your coffee, dear. That's Viv. That's Auntie Viv. Mm. It's, it's not as me. Mark Happy Dude, here, here, for they are jolly good fellows, and so so all of us, and so so all of us. Yeah, he's very posh as well, isn't he? I think he is. I've met him, he's not that posh. No. He's northern. Mm. We do get some posh northerners, you know. No. They might have got lost and ended up here. Anyway, the third quarter of 2016 covers the months in the year that are featured also, and also called, have names of... July, August, and September. That was a roundabout way of saying three months. Yeah, good way, it? Well done. To start off July, it was actually the end of July, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, I can't remember. No, I think it was the beginning. We had two events in July, I remember. So, mm. Sean and Charlie Farr, yourselves, sir, went up to Nurg mm. in Newcastle and met me there for a rollicking good time. It's very good. Yeah, we do love Nurg, don't we? We do. It's yeah, a long but... way, but it is worth it. And we went out with Mr. Phil Maximum Power Up, who took us around the Newcastle drinking spots. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed mm. it. We had, the, we had the other Maximum Power Up as well. 
Mm. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, the highlights for me were hanging out with Maximum Power Up, catching up with Mr. and Mrs. Vip. They came up as well, Ben and Kerry. Yeah. They stayed in a weird hotel. There's some good story they told us about their hotel. Uh, and having a good go on a bunch of consoles, as well as Neil's 1637, lording up on RGP's Hunchback. He got right into that, didn't he? And he did a great review of the event as well. He did. It was really nice. Mm. So, ah, here we go. That was at the start of the month. And at the end of the month, we also visited Warsaw for Revival Solstice, which was an awesome venue with a really, really good vibe there. I enjoyed that. Met some great podcasters as well there, yeah. Yeah, this is where I first met Tom Charnock from the Dreamcast Junkyard and Ross Ross for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saw Matt Corn, but sadly, my sat-nav was acting weird, so I was going to go to his place, who lives about half an hour to an hour away, for an arcade party, but my sat-nav went a bit weird. I think it went off, it lost its charge, and I couldn't get my sat-nav to work. So I came back Mm. to the hotel with you lot, and we went out for a curry afterwards with a revival when the revival closed down, because we stayed there till the end of the day. I think the last few things were the... Yeah, the end of the day, there was those interviews with Walter Day on, on the screen. It was like a Skype interview, wasn't it? I missed that. Mm. I was actually talking to Tom Charnock for a little while in the Dreamcast Junkie. We were hanging out and went to a few stores to have a look around. But that was good fun, that. Mm. So yeah, I really enjoyed that one. A few pints with the Retro Asylum guys at hotel as we well. Did. We did. It was nice. That. I've not met half those guys before. It was quite fun. And... Mm. The actual event was, oh, the, one of the highlights of the event for me was the homebrew software, which I spent quite a lot of time sitting with those guys, which was CNP, Chris Parsons, who made his big blue game on yes. Vectrex, and also Chris Byronstart and Jim, who did Death Race and Knox, respectively. I also enjoyed playing Banku Panaku on Roger's Little Dino King. Remember they had that Little Dino King with a clear control panel? Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun. We enjoyed that. Mm. Ah, this is also, when we got back from the curry... We'd had a few drinks together on the way home. We had some of that lovely beer from Bobby Hazelnuts. Mm. And we spent 20 minutes in the hotel room trying to open the bottles with our teeth and nails and <laughs> key rings. And I pointed to the wall and said, don't you think we should use that bottle opener on the wall? Yeah. And you went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a picture of me drunkenly pointing at it. <laughs> Look at this. Idiots, both of us. So, yeah, that, that was a good bit. I think... I'll always go to the revival because it's not that far from me. I'll, mm. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just swan in there, do a few things, and just swan back out again, <laughs> or spend the whole day there enjoying myself. It was great. Featured games this month. I like both of these: Pandora's Palace and Jungler. Which yeah. the Jungler had a reverse ten pence effect. I thought this is rubbish, mm. and I got more and more and more into it, chasing scores with Neil sixteen thirty seven. Told you. I think I. Finally beat him at the end, but it was a very close chase, and I loved that. Yeah, I, Pandora's Palace was an old favourite of yours, wasn't it, from your youth? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think much of it, but me and wife got playing it, and we got really competitive and got really into it. So that was the mm. reverse one for me. And Jungler I'd played as a kid, and I told you it was good. Mm. And in the end, you believed me, which was good. Yeah, So those are both good it. ones. It's nice having two good ones together. Mm. I actually met up with Phil Golubish from the Griffin Aerotech, the Sky Coast, because he came to... To London, he, he went. I think he did a tour of Europe actually with his wife, and I met yeah. up with him at a meal. Came back to the house, showed him some arcade games. He was got quite getting into those as well because he was playing Jungler with me because that was one we did that month, that week, obviously. Mm. So nice seeing one of our American mates over in the UK, which is good. Guesting was John Studley with an excellent in-depth track and field tutorial. If you want to know anything about track and field, listen to that. Now we're very, talking. Very 
to the pod to the Pie Factory podcast guys because they did track and field recently, mm. and Jimmy G was going tap 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 on the buttons. You need to go. Vroom, 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 vroom. Mm. So Jimmy G, have a listen to that one. It's got an expert on track and field, and you'll get your better scores if you follow some of John's tips. And also on was Rob McMullen, who did a walk around for us of the California Extreme Show. Always love them walk arounds. Lucky dog, I'm going to go there, wasn't he? Mm. Wish I could have gone to that. So August came rolling around, and the Peter Invader Davies clear out was happening. We eventually mm. got it all sorted back then. Uh, the featured games uh, was Hunchback, and I locked Neil in a box for two weeks for picking that game. I knew he was going to pick it because he was getting right into it the month before at Nurg, wasn't he? Mm. We weren't happy with Hunchback. It was a terrible game. We hit him with the ban hammer. Yes, Bosch. It started all right, Hunchback, and then got unfairly difficult. It's like it ran out of ideas and just threw everything at you. It seemed like a like a lot of those early century games, shovelware, weren't they? Yeah. Not good. We also had a double header. We did two... Sh- games in one show cosmic alien and crazy balloon we both loved cosmic alien and hated crazy balloon and we've had quite a few comments before after since sorry about people enjoying crazy balloon so well yeah yeah obviously but that that was really uh for peter and peter davies who unfortunately died he was a one an old boy collector and he was really into those there was his favorite games so they were sort of attributed to him those games but Cosmic Alien, or Cosmic Allen, as we affectionately call it, I really, really love. Mm. It's like a Galaxian clone, but I prefer it to Galaxian, because I've, I've got the machine, I've got a wall mount of it. And it's such a good little game, but Crazy Balloon, I just, it was too primitive to me, and it's unfair mm. and difficult. But a lot of people loved it. Vip really enjoyed it. He was getting really into it. He was getting really quick and good at it as well. Yeah. So we, do, we do like to provide these games. We give our opinions, and then hopefully... Mm people will have a go themselves and provide their own opinions, which is cool. Yeah. I helped in the research for a video game history book published by the Encyclopedia of Game History, Paul Driscoll, The Drisk. The Drisk. We'll put a link in the no-shows. It's called, it's on Amazon, it's called The Video Game Years Press Start, The Birth of Video Games Before the Year 1977. So he's doing a series of these. He's on oh, the is second he? one doing now. more? Yeah. I think Ooh. he's... He's done before the year 1977, so it's from dinosaurs who were, you know, the little Tamagotchis, right up to 1977. And I think he's going to do one per year, so 78, 79, 80, etc. Okay, that's interesting. Well, so I helped him with the arcade side of that, and it's an awesome book. You've got to check it out, kids. Well, if the Drisk needs any help, we are both here to help if we can. Mm. That's an offer. And we, yeah. accept, we accept payment in biscuits. Yes. Hmm. Well, if you can PayPal biscuits. Of course you can. Mm. So Sean's old Amiga Hunchback clone that you made as a, a wee nipper, you made a game, you made a yeah. game called Battlements. It got quite a lot of love. 23 <laughs> yeah. years after it came out. I think it was released on Public Domain, was it? Or on a magazine? Well, it, it turns out it was on, I think it was two magazines and Public Domain stuff. And, and So how, yeah. how many millions of pounds did you earn from this game? Well, because it's public domain, all I received was no. the love, the lo- which is more important than money, was the love of a community. Have you ever tried to pay your gas bill with love? No. I don't think it's an accepted form of payment, to be honest with you. I don't think we have gas. Oh, yeah, we might have gas. We've got gas, yeah. But it's always nice to have a bit of love for something you made such a long time ago and you thought yeah, everyone's forgotten about. So it's been on YouTube 
I had a look at it. It's a great little game. It's fun. It's got your daft humour, and <laughs> it's better than the original arcade game. Everyone oh, said that. Okay. It oh, really is. Nice, oh, that's good. That. Not as not as tough, but it is tough. It's just better. The graphics are better. The sounds better. The the everything about it. It's better than that rubbish century game. Rubbish. And guesting this month was Mark Singleton talking about his awesome Gauntlet Twin Galaxies World Record. Twelve hours in, and he's made a Twin Galaxies World Record. Well done, Mark. Well done, Mark. And he is practicing on Gauntlet Two. He'll be there soon, won't he? Mm, I think he's gonna gonna nail that one. I think like a like a hammer nailing a, a nail through something soft, like like, like, like cheese. She's like nailing cheese to a table. Yeah. This is Sorry. where one of our listeners called Zipper created Sean Fu Master. This, one of the highlights of the year. Zipper it, it was so good. <laughs> I keep meaning to burn that ROM or the number of ROMs to my Kung Fu Master PCB. I, I think I will do that actually and mark it up as Sean Fu Master. Because it's, it's a really. They've taken your, the head off. The Kung Thomas. Fu Master and put your head on him. And I think there's some text in the game saying you've got to rescue me. And I'm sort of at the end with a red dress on. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite... It's it's really cool. It's such a fun, stupid thing. It's amazing. I love it. Excellent. So we're on to September now. Mm-hmm. Featured games were Thundercross, which I liked, and Sky Kid, which I wasn't so keen on. That's because you're wrong. You ran the wrong <laughs> way there. Thundercross was a terrible game. And Sky no. Kid is amazing. No. What, what what more can you want than a bird flying an aeroplane? A bird flying an aeroplane in an environment that doesn't unfairly bomb you and attack you from behind and dive bomb you in. Tough game, but it's so good. Me and CNP, Chris Parsons, got right into that at the second meet at Smarty Martins because I brought my PCB along and we got right into it with some big scores going on there. He was really good at it. He picked up so quickly. Hmm. So that was the second Smarty Martin meet of the year. He had different games there. And we all had to go, I think one of his prize ones there, I'm not sure if it was there in the first time, was Atari's Video Pinball. Yeah, the old black it was and white first game, time. Mm. The old black and white game, when, when you play it in main without any effect on, it just looks really boring. There's like flippers and a ball, that's it. When you play it on the proper cabinet, it's got back glass, it's got 3D items in it, it's got really cool sound, you can nudge it around, it's an amazing game it's got to be played on one of those rare games that's got to be played on the arcade machine because it's so flipping good, get it? Flipping mm. good yeah, flipping. <laughs> ooh, ooh, stop You also attended the Kent Raid, the second raid for you of the year, masterminded by Nez for Life. Yes, the wonderful Mr Nez for Life we had such a good time. It was it was hard work. So we were lumping big heavy machines. We had to pick up a Thunderblade, five of us, and mm. put it in a, in a, in a <laughs> back of a pickup truck. But it was so much fun. We had a right laugh. We were messing about. It was like a load of kids finding gold, basically. It was, yeah. like, it was like the Goonies going on. It was just us like being Goonies. Uh, <laughs> that Thunderblade, again, was very heavy. But yeah, it was a real fun fun time. We found some nice machines. They were in good condition. Most of them worked. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Went back to Phil's for pizzas. He was kindly laid on by him and his wife. His little girl was really nice to me. She was just full of energy and loved the arcade machines. It was just a great day out. Really nice. Oh, well worth the what, nearly two hours for me to get there. It was a long way to get there. It's only Kent, but it's further than you think. But that was a lot of fun. Guesting, we had Arch Hack on. 
with a written review, a very good written review of Eurocode 2016 because we didn't get there. It made me really want to have been there because I enjoyed the first one we went to. Mm. And if the next one is closer, we should make a point of going to that, I think. Mm. Definitely. I think we should. Mm. think we should. Do enjoy those yeah. ones. Yeah. Right, this is a special... Shout out. So for you, what are your special shout outs for the year then? I've got loads. I'm going to run through them quickly. Go on then. Arcade Club for being awesome. A special shout out to them. Mm-hmm. And all the other indie arcades out there like Time Warp Arcade, Four Quarters, Tums Arcade in the West Midlands that we haven't visited yet. Yeah. And and the US guys that we love, Galloping Ghost, Underground Retrocade, Fun Spot, etc. There's just so many. Mm-hmm. All the all the arcades, big and small, keep the fire burning, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Lewis Batcave for hosting the monthly Batcave event. I've played so many obscure, brilliant un- games that I didn't know existed. Judgment Silver Sword, for example, Crimson Clover, Ooh. and and Naz pro- for providing the space above his shop for all us retro heads to play the game. So shout outs to them too. Mm-hmm. Tony Temple's arcade blogger blog. I think it's one of the best arcade blogs on the internet and it's awesome very well written well researched it's great the guys at replay revival and nerg for for creating these incredible events james rgp for providing cabs is is on the road a portable arcade for all the above events Mm -hmm. it's just awesome and my favorite forum uk vac it's like a home from home is if i could put a mattress in the forum and sleep there it would be hot that wouldn't be right would it yeah so the main development community for keep pushing out and keep proving the emulation platform we all love so much just it's the the application whatever you want to call it that Mm. i use more than anything else me too yeah use it more than email more than facebook more than everything oh absolutely all our podcast friends, there is over seven of, of our people that we call oh, friends. Seven is there now? I've got seven friends. Wow. And Biscuits, got to thank Biscuits just for being biscuity and lovely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All, shape, all shapes and sizes. And a very, very special thanks to the listeners. Without the listeners, we would be just... We're... Locked up. Yeah. <laughs> For doing this, yeah. If we did it for so no that, reason, we would we would be shut away somewhere with rubber wallpaper. Thank you for all your support, listeners, kids. Thank you, and that's it. I know it's a long list. Sorry, that's good. I I, I echo all of those things actually because they're for mm. me as well. But with me, especially things arcade blogger again, a great new read every time it's updated. I'm always in, into that. Uh, the Pie Factory podcast and the Broken Token guys for being the other awesome arcade podcast that I know of. Mm. our UK podcast chums Maximum Power Up, RGDS, Dreamcast Junkyard all those kind of guys hopefully I haven't missed anyone all the other podcasts I listen to they do all a great job Uh, and also Phil Murray for doing a bunch of favours and I've done a few for him but I think he's caught up with me actually he's got more favours he's done for me than I've done for him also for his work on the high school add-on PCBs the single ROM RAM modules and all the other things he's been tinkering with to do with PCBs he's been making some great work on those he he understands PCBs more than anyone I think I know. And he just mm. knows what he's talking about. And he doesn't even confuse me with, with talking about it because I wouldn't understand. But he's <laughs> doing some cool things with PCBs. So look out for new stuff from him in the future. It'd be great. Also, the last one for me is Olmo Azesi 
for basically sorting out the Aberdeen clearance up in Scotland because I knew about it first and told him when I thought it wasn't going to happen. It was sort of all going off the boil. And he jumped into action, sorted everything out, made plans, and eventually it happened because basically because of him. So that was really nice of him to do that. And all these machines have been saved. They're now in collector's hands. They're being restored. So that's really, really cool. Awesome. And obviously, listeners, thank you. We've had thousands of downloads every month. Uh, it's just amazing. When I tell other podcasters, they're quite amazed we have that many. And so am I. And it's mm. really, really nice. So thank you for downloading and listening and basically talking to us when we see you. It's lovely to meet people. If you if you see us at a show or recognize us in our voices, or just come over and say hello. Don't be shy. Come and chat to us about arcades. It's great. Love it. Always yes. got time for people yeah. to talk to people at shows and all that sort of stuff. It's absolutely brilliant. It's great, yeah. Just walking around arcade club and getting mobbed by by people One and ask, ask, at a time. ask for autographs and given money and 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 they photos. They just, they just want to give you biscuits most of the time. Some people do say hello. That's about it. Yeah. Cool. So so kids, we're now coming up to date in our year in review podcast. The last three months of 2016. Mm-hmm. Podcast number 71. We're up to now. Wow. Featured games were Mappy. It was. And in Mappy, actually, Mr. Tronads. Trollnads. Trollnads. Mopped the floor with everyone on Mappy with his arcade mop. It was. He he just creamed everyone. He was like four times more than everyone's score. Yeah, I went round his house and it's just... It was just showing me these little techniques. You know where you get a good player on a game Mm -hmm. who can do really well? And then you you have that step up. They're just that... Bit better, but it makes all the difference. They know it inside out. They can probably play with their eyes closed, sort of thing. Expert level mappy player is. Oh god, yeah, you're really good at it. Fizzy monitors were a subject, and Skyskipper project was un- officially unveiled. It was, yeah. That's going on, going ahead, going well, nice and strong. Uh, the Tums arcade was open in Hales Owen, and also I was told about the Two Bit Brewdog in Camden, which is uh, a pub with some craft ales and got some arcade machines there. Apparently, a few arcade machines. That's interesting. Oh, that's good. Craig Turner found a Space Invaders cabin amongst a load of audio tape reels in a music studio. Oh, yeah. Did we get to find out what was on any of the reels you've put? We'll have to ask him. Yeah. If you can tell us, Craig, get in contact. Tell us what was on them reels. Any sort of good synth 80s stuff on there we can listen to? That'd be awesome if there was. There might be some unreleased demos from the Tenpence Orchestra. I really hope not. Early 80s beepy tunes. Because that means we'll have to make some. Don't tell them that. I picked up a Centipede Cabaret that week, uh, which is it's not nearing completion, but I need to get on and do that. I will try and get that done for the new year. Mm. We find out that Sean's other identity is Minky the Doom Goat. Minky the Doom Goat has been laid to rest. Because mm. you nearly got sacked. Yeah. <laughs> you was having all sorts of weird Galaxian multi-game problems. We now think it was a was dodgy daughter cards. Yes. The wonderful Phil Murray, as I was talking about earlier, knows all about PCBs. He assembled it all for me, and he was using a daughter card, which was from somewhere else. And we think it was dodgy, because it just would not work. It's had errors everywhere. Things weren't working. He tried something, and it was working. I got it back. It wouldn't work. He changed that, and now works perfectly. And it's been working mm. perfectly ever since. So that's really good. It's in a cab, permanently screwed into a cab to play. It's great. Nice. Oh, and you found a new addiction. Frangipanes. 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 Fran- pains of frangie. 
Yeah, I'm over that now. Oh, what have you, what's your new one? Probably mince pies. I'm, I'm searching for the ultimate mince pie. I think probably a Waitrose one. Yeah, I've tried quite a few. Oh, oh, I just thought of something. Next time mm. I go into the centre of London, I'll go and buy some Harrods ones, see if they're any good. How much are they each? About a pound or something? More than that. Are they? I, I don't know. Wow. It's, it's probably something ridiculous, like 10 quid for a box of six, but I'll, I'll get them just for a laugh. Just, and mm. I, bet I bet they're exactly the same as most other supermarkets as well. I bet. <laughs> we also asked the listeners for a fantasy 20 in one PCB. Remember that, listeners? And you didn't bother? Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> listeners. Some of them did. Where the dream games, your dream games could be on one PCB. If you had 20 games you like, what would you put on a PCB like the 60 in one game? What would mm. you put on there? I had, I think, a 42 in one because I got a bit carried away. Yeah. I think you did quite a few as well. But mm. you said back then you liked motos. I did say it back then. You idiot. <laughs> uh, look at this, though. You've mm. written here. Podcast 72, Battle Bog Raid. I changed that. It's back raid, and you've put complicated nonsense game. It was. Comple- it is complicated, but it non- is such and a nonsense. Good, it's such a good shooter. You can either get um, 50,000 points or 9 million in the same game. Mm. And don't know how. Mm. So that's just for forget, me nonsense. Forget the score and just play the game. That's what I do with them. Have you really it? good? Did you one CC it in the end? No, I never did. I got to the last up, boss. Yeah, I got to the last boss, and then we got onto the, the game after that, and I just didn't play. It. I still do go back to it. Though. You should go back to it, old mate, and, and see if you can do it. Mm. You want to tick off your box. So Play Expo Manchester was on, and you headed the podcast with a mega cast with 119 other retro podcasters, from, or, or, or 10, I think it was, it wasn't was it? It was 10, yeah. And you did a quiz. Retro quiz, yeah. It was but fun, I, right? I enjoyed that. They all said it was too difficult. Oh, it wasn't. I, I was listening to it going, no, what you want about, you idiots, that. And I got most of the questions right, actually. I think maybe because we are a bit older than that, that they're sort of... They're sort of early. mid-30s to very early 40s, aren't they? Yeah. Or even so younger, maybe. Yeah, so we... The stuff I was maybe in, some of it a bit before their time. But yes. I, they should have got some of it, being knowledgeable people. Mm. So Jeff you, Minter unveiled a bus, a Polybius. Oh, he oh, did, did indeed. Work, did a creepy bus that kills teenagers, probably. No, mm-hmm. he doesn't at all. Rubbish. A game. Nice game he's releasing. He's doing it on mm-hmm. VR and a flat version. I don't know if he's doing a flat version. Oh, I hope so. I don't mm-hmm. like VR. No, not for me. <laughs> and I made This is when I first made the Repro 45 degree Atari button cones. Done quite a few of them and the 60 degree ones now. Oh, mm-hmm. pop a sock on it was the catchphrase used to describe shoving a sock over a mic as a pop filter. And what have I got on my mic at the moment? A sock. A sock. Do you know what I found out the other day? Mm. You, know, you know those really fluffy ones you get on, on broadcast when they're out in the field? They're really ones yeah. that... They're called dead cats. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I told my, my lovely wife, who's gone to Kingston, which is our local town, to buy some stuff for her sewing bits. I said, can you get some fluffy material make me a dead cat? And mm. she sort of looked at me funny and then realised what was on about me. Yeah, yeah, okay. So she's going to make me a proper little sock to go on top of it as a pop filter. So the pop filters I normally use, you knock them about and they get in the way. But one actually over the top of the mic would be great. But at the moment, it's a sock. Pop a at sock least, on it. At least you didn't ask why for a dead cat. No. She, that, she would probably just go, I can't get a dead cat. I wouldn't would even question it. Just, no, you can't have one. Mm. 
So we also learn that week that enemies, anemones, and enemas are very different things. Not in my head, young man. I'm not even going to say anything <laughs> about it. I thought about it, and no. So we actually got onto more news about the Skyskipper project. I think I talked to Alex that month as well, which was nice. Yeah. Caught up with yeah, him. I need to caught up with him again, that young man. See what he's up to. Mm. And talk to him about Nintendo stuff, because I really want a Wii U in the new year when they go down in price. And he's the man mm. to know about that sort of thing. So November. In, yes, the featured games. What a great month for games. It New was. Rally X, yes. Berserk, and Scramble. It, yeah, three classic games from the early 80s. Excellent games, I think. Mm. You visited the Time War Arcade in Bridgewater and supplied cabs for iPlay Gaming again in Newcastle yeah. with someone called Super Stew. Super Stew Morton. Has 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 Marvel done a film about him yet? Oh, but if they did, about someone who can fix arcade machines and never ever rests, it, that it'd be him. Do you know what? Mm. Marvel probably will do it. They will not stop doing rubbish superhero films. Super Stu, if you're if you're at an event, say like play Manchester, mm-hmm. it's a very long two day event. You know, like twelve hour days. Super Stu is there before everyone else, fixing machines, making sure monitors are all right. After everyone else has gone home, is clearing up, making butties for people. He actually Ooh, re redecorated the few walls there. Oh, okay. Did a few flooring fixtures. Yeah. Did the gutters. Man of all trades, apparently. Built a shed. Excellent. RGP mm. reveals he supplied cabs to Charlie Brooker for Black Mirror episode San Junipero, which is excellent. If mm. you haven't seen any of the Black Mirror TV shows, go and get them off wherever you DVD or Netflix or just go and watch them. They're really, really good. Most of them are written by Charlie Brooker. Not all, but most of them are written by Charlie Brooker, who is a respected writer, satirist, games player, reviewer. Really good. So go watch that. We had a few people in 10p t-shirts. Thank you for that, kids. Well, I like seeing people in our t-shirts. It's brilliant. A UK VAC forum meet at the Arcade Club Floor 2, which I couldn't attend because it was my wedding anniversary, so I had lots of stuff to do with the wife that that weekend. But you found it amazing. Yeah, we did quite a a big sort of talk about that on the podcast. It It was a really memorable, interesting day, and there's a few people I hadn't met before. It was just a great atmosphere and a great environment. It was good. And I got mm. it wrong, actually. That wasn't the weekend of my wedding anniversary. That was a weekend after when another show was going on. But this was the weekend that Ben and Carrie got married to each other. Got married to each other? Yeah, they did. They were both getting married? Yes, to each other. Wow. It was, it was a great fun. We, we, went, we, we went to do some karaoke singing, which was bizarre and fun. And yeah. I sang my little socks off. Did you? Yes, I did. What oh, go on. What did you sing? Oh God! Any well, we I said about it when we did the podcast. We went to this karaoke place. It was more like a Korean and a Chinese place rather than mm. a Japanese karaoke, which does a lot of Western songs. And mainly, they were Korean and Chinese songs. So we could only find a very few. So I did a bit of Bonnie Tyler. You did. Oh, I remember now. A bit yeah. of Bonnie. Ooh. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. We just being really silly. It was a lot of fun though. Enjoyed it. Mm. Guesting on the podcast in November was Alex Nintendo Arcade talking about the Skyskipper project, and he also did a walk round of Arcade Club on that very same UK VAC forum meet night with, with me. Yes, yeah, that was good to hear him on the old podcast again. 
And Rob Player Missile did another walk around for us. He's great in Portland Gaming Expo this time. He's our man in America, that guy. Mm. Oh, oh, no, he's our man in that part of America. Chris Plus Plus is our man in New Mexico. Mm. We've got men all over the place. We've got K-Man in Sweden. Mm. Awesome. So thank you for everyone who uh, does little reports for us on arcades we can't get to. We, we really appreciate it. It's nice to let our listeners hear about stuff happening in other places of the world. Yeah, it's always really interesting. I enjoy them. Oh, brilliant. I went to the London Video Game Market again on my own this time. I also went to Scotland, and we did an ode to Scramble. And it went something like this. You flew your golden rocket over the craggy hills of Ochtern Day, shooting down rockets that tried to fly up your bum. You shouldn't even tried, those aliens gone. Fuel was getting a wee bit scarce, you bombed a fuel dump right in its face. That did the trick. To the next bit of your quest, mere craggy hills and wibbly wobbly alien craft. You smashed them down, thinking they were saft. But wait, what's that eerie sound in the distance? Fireballs, hot as Satan's knackers, coming towards you, trying to splatter you. He's avoided them like the plague and kept going. That base has to be destroyed for the pride of Scotland. Next to try and push on your haggis was the tall buildings, tall as the hills in the highlands where the iron brew runs freely. Mere of their daft rockets to fly up your trousers, but you knew how to get them. And you're in rocket anyways, we're in a cult. They're sleek wee swine's easings, but you're applied to Caledonia and you kept you into your goal. Weaving in and out of the treacherous caverns of Ballymac Scramble, the end was nigh. Fly up and over the Konami sign, duck down and shoot the base in the eye. For your bravery and skill, you're awarded a wee flag in the corner of your screen and another go to loop it again and again and again and again. <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, arcade Club, I went to with you again. Uh, Booby Trap Party Boob was mentioned. I interviewed John Studley for a film that we are doing called Stay Gold, like a, a, a view of the UK arcade collecting and arcade scene with Sir Daniel of Smashington, who is a professional filmmaker. I have not been involved in this yet, but hopefully we'll do in the next few months and stuff. Mm, so we've got a few interviews lined up with guests, uh, guests with celebrities from the scene. Yeah, and mm. our Steve Radis, SM Radis, beat the Time Crisis world record. Oh, oh, he did a good job. By, by hours, he finished it by. Well, minute, player is a, is a shooty robot. He is really good. Mm. The Nintendo Switch was announced, and naysayers are already beating it with a big stick. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'd be a fun machine. I'm, yep. not, I'm not too sure about the little things that come off the side of it, the controllers. I think they might get broken, but hopefully they won't, and hopefully it'll be a great machine to play. I look forward to having a go of it. thing about Nintendo, sometimes question, questionable hardware, mm. but the games, without question, are always top-notch. Exactly how, what you want from a video game. Colourful, fun, memorable, mm. 
and their IPs are great. You've got the Zeldas, the Metroids, the Marios, the, all sorts of stuff going on. And mm. long live Nintendo, I think. I also did, an, well, I've written here, I did an excellent tech tip of my own on a cap kit, mm. you know, capacity. But now, now I've learned a bit about electrics, I've realised it is completely wrong. And, and you you will nonsense. die. Yes, you will die if you do that, kid. So just listen to it for for entertainment value, but do not lick a monitor. Entertainment purposes only. Yes, I think I did put a, d- a disclaimer out, and I think the ten pence arcade robot voice said, "Please don't do anything this bearded fool is telling you to do." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, this is where we got the ten pence and reverse ten pence effect was noticed. Yes, we we found it in the lab, didn't we? And realised what mm. it was. We had people studying it for months, or I just made it up. And this is where you think you love an old game, and you go and play it, and you find out you really don't like it that much. It's tedious. And the reverse ten pence, when you think, oh, I didn't like this much in the arcade, and you really get into it. So the reverse 10 pence is what we want, really, isn't it? Not the 10 pence effect. The reverse for, 10 pence For effect. me, the 10 mm. pence effect was New Rally X. I thought, I really like this, and I sort of went off it the more I played it. Yeah, it got. It, I think I got worse at it as I played it. I still like it, mm. but mm. not in a competitive environment. I'm not trying to get a score. Just in a quick go, it's great. When you're trying to beat scores and, and go against people, it gets tedious, I think. And the reverse 10 pence effect would be Jungler, where I didn't like it than I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the first one for me was episode two, back as far as that, when I thought I hated Zookeeper, and I really got into it, and I really like it now. I'll play Zookeeper if I see one, definitely. Yeah. The festive month of December. We're nearly there, kids. The year in review is nearly reviewed. We're getting there. Mm, Featured games were Motos Mm. or Motos. And versus Dr. Mario, which we will talk about shortly. Yes. <laughs> oh, we got we have a bunch of famous people endorse our podcast. So thank you to those people for taking time out of their busy schedules to talk about the podcast. Very nice of them. Mm. I've written here, Vic reached expert level on Dig Dug. I managed over half a million, which beats my previous record by loads and loads and loads and loads. I think it was 373,000 before. I've got quite into that. Also, Mr. Charlie Farr's been playing Dig Dug as well, which I'm not happy about. <laughs> and he's got nearly 400,000 on the arcade club machine, so he's beat my mach- my score there. But the arcade machine at arcade club is set on easier, I think, with more lives. Right. So it's not quite the right level there, but it's still a good score. Because he, mm. he didn't really get into that, and now he's got into it, so good for him playing. Mm. Be afraid, be very afraid. Nah, I'll still beat that. Guesting was Darren Domination doing a walk round of the Melbourne game show PAX Australia, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. You received, no you haven't, you've retrieved your Pac-Mania cab. It's been retrieved but not delivered, is that That's right? right? It's been picked up, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the country, on a, on a van perhaps, or in a warehouse. So I'm looking forward to getting that. Oh, we replaced the section cabs you never knew existed with console computer ports. Which I'm going to get mm. quite into. Are we going to do? Are we going to do Mick Berry's Gallagher or not? Possibly. I'm not into Gallagher really. It's a bit of a simple game. Well, we'll see. We'll, mm. we'll, we'll do more than just the NES as well. We'll do some computers as well as console games. So that'd be quite fun. We can, we can either emulate them or real hardware if we've got it. Because I've got a few of the hardwares, and emulation mm. is just as good. So that'd be cool. Mm. So let's get on to one of our regulars. Featured game review. 
versus Dr. Mario. Mm. Nintendo, obviously, 1990, runs on versus hardware. It's a PCB that can take two separate games and can run on a versus machine independently, one game on one screen and the other on the second screen. They can run totally independent to each other. These games are nearly the same as the NES, but are developed slightly different, differently for the arcade. There are quite a few settings you can alter before gameplay commences on this game, like virus level, drop speed, and change the music round. But we are sticking to the settings we outlined on the last show. Now, this game was produced, produced by the late legend, in bold, underlined words, uh-huh. Gunpei Yokoi. The man who, this man knew how to make excellent stuff. Programmed by Takahiro Harada, who still works at Nintendo and has worked on many famous Nintendo titles, and also Masara Yamanaki, who is no longer at Nintendo but worked on many titles in Nintendo in the past. They were the staff, these were the staff on the Famicom straight in the NES version, but I'm sure it's the same code on the arcade version. I don't know that for certain, but more than likely. But those guys produced this game together. Mm. Remember Gonpo Yokoi is the guy who made the Game Boy. Game & Watch, the D-pad, loads of mm. Nintendo toys, uh, yeah. did the Virtual Boy, loads of things, loads and loads of famous things. So, such a legend, that guy. Yep. Now, this is a three-way game, which is unusual, oh. with two buttons, left, right, and down for the joystick, and the buttons is to spin them clockwise or anti-clockwise. When you pull down on the joystick, it makes the pills come down quicker, just like in Tetris. Mm. Now, the gameplay. This is an object-matching game, this time dual-coloured pills. They fly in from the top of the screen, and the play area is a big glass bell jar, where there are a bunch of germs or viri. Viruses? Viri. You just Viri? They are coloured red, blue, and yellow. Get four pills and or virus, or more, together, vertically or horizontally, and the stack will disappear, just like many other tile-matching games. Take out a virus with this, and you get some points. When one colour is removed, other parts in the colours may fall. If they fall onto another match and more virus are removed, you get multiple points. You can spin the pills clockwise and counterclockwise, so the two coloured pills can be in four different orientations. It's as simple as that. As you can probably tell, Mario, who is a doctor in this game, is featured in the game. He's in a white lab coat on the right-hand side, lobbing the pills in. You can see it's in his hand, the next one to come, rather like Tetris. Mm. He throws them in exactly the same way around as he is holding them, so look at that before they come in. On the lower left-hand side of the screen is a magnifying glass with a type of remaining viri, all making faces and fidgeting around. When you remove a virus from the play area, the corresponding coloured virus keels over and dies. They're removed from the magnifying glass when you've removed all their type from the bell jar, the yellow, red or blue types. On our settings, after 10 pills have been thrown in by Dr. Mario, the game speeds up a little bit. If your pills get to the top of the jar and stop any more pills entering, your game is over. There's no lives, just that's it. It's like now, Tetris, when the screen fills up on Tetris, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, this game, I don't know if you know this, but it's got a two-player game. Mm. Hence, it was on the Versus hardware, on a Versus Nintendo machine. So, this is where you play each other on the same screen at the same time. Wife and I had a go at this, and she flattened me pretty quickly at it. Because this is a game my wife chose, because she is... Really good at it. So mm. player one is on the left, player two on the right. It's basically a race to do a level. When you do finish a level quicker than your opponent, you get a crown. First to get three crowns wins the game. If you manage to remove two virus, or a virus and some pills, or two lots of pills, a sound will be heard, and two random coloured halves of a pill will fall into your opponent's jar. 
Sometimes these can fall somewhere where they might be needed. Sometimes they mess up your game. That's the idea, is to get in and, and annoy your partner. Very similar to Tetris and many other block falling puzzle games. Wife beat me this, obviously. But I just played it with her just to see how it was. It's quite a fun little game. So the play tips and secrets on this game, I say, is to try and remove the top layers of pills and viri as quick as possible. Use two coloured pills to take up two virus spare pills at a time. Try and find a blank area at the bottom of the screen to drop all the junk pills you don't need at that time. And also keep removing the junk pills, even if they're not removing virus, because the screen will fill up quickly if you don't. So keep removing them. Mm. So did you find any play tips and secrets? struggled i really i started off not liking it not having the patience for it Mm -hmm. and then i kind of got into it a bit you did Uh, but i just i do not think it quick enough to spin the virus into the right areas or or concentrate on removing one virus and that right got him and then the rest of the screen is half full you know i'm just not quick enough I suppose with a lot of practice, you get better at it, but I just ran out of enthusiasm for it in the end, I think. Well, this game, as soon as the screen comes on, you've got a few seconds before Dr. Mario chucks the first pill out. So you look at what pills he's got in his hand, and you quickly decide where you're going to put it and what needs to be removed first. Obviously, you get the taller ones first because it's the top of the jar. Yeah. And that's the idea, is to, is to do that and try not to mess any up. And get them, you know, where you've got to remove them before the next one goes away. So always get the right pill on the right colours at the same time. So and I found that really hard to do. <laughs> wife, my wife and myself find this game amazingly easy. Maybe our brains just work that way. She's really, really good at it, and I'm quite good at it. Mm. Um, and we just have that. I think you just look quickly, see what where that pill's got to go, and put it there. And if you pull down on the joystick like it moves the pills quickly. Do not do that if you're trying to think where the next no. one's going because it, it takes it, it makes it speedier and you've got to think quicker. If you just let them drop quick slowly while you're deciding where the next one goes, that's the way to play it really, especially if you're not mm. too good at it. So we found that quite easy. And I think, I'm not sure of the scoring system, but if you remove one set of pills, you get 200 points. One set of virus, you get one set of points, which is 200 points. If you remove... Mm. When that drops and another one gets taken away, you get 600. But oh, right. somehow, when I was playing the NES version as well, I noticed I got 6,000 points for one move. It must have been a chain where lots have fell together and made different ones. But you can oh, get right. quite high scores. I don't know how I did it. I'm not sure of the actual scoring, but you can do that. So you, you can get higher points. So right, I didn't know that. There is that thing as well. The graphics and sound... They're very NES looking. It's from a NES. It's got, I'm sure it's got NES hardware on it. Uh, the only difference I can see to the NES is the background checker pattern is different colours. The music is infuriatingly catchy. I actually found myself dancing around the front room when my wife was playing. I kept looking in on it. I wasn't trying to disturb her. I kept looking in. She was doing really well. And every now and again, I'd look in and I was out the, out the front just dancing around like an idiot. Well, there's two tunes you can pick, aren't there? So. Yeah, they're good tunes. They're just infuriatingly catchy. They're annoyingly good. I switched switched them off as I normally do and listen to podcasts. <laughs> You're odd. But Hirokazu Tanaka did the music on and later became president of Creatures Inc., which is an affiliate of Nintendo that owns a third of the Pokemon franchise. Ooh, I bet he's rich so, as a 
which is a rich tea. They went on to do quite well there. I'm not sure if that's a, a lady or a bloke. So they did really well. Now, the game has two different tunes to listen to, as we said. You can choose one of the two at the start of play, Fever or Chill. You can also change around the virus level and drop speed on the screen before play, which is great for a beginner or an experienced player. So they give you quite a lot of options for an arcade game, really. So it's more like a NES game than anything else. So the scoring on this game, it's a very simple game, but fun, I thought, for a while. Mm. Twin Galaxy World Record is 977,000 points. Oh my right. word! This was done by someone called Patrick Stanley in 2010. Slightly different sentence to us, though. So they're not quite the same. Mm. Uh-oh. Wife's been beaten. She won't like that. Uh, let's go from the bottom up, shall we? So Mini Missile, number one. One of Rob's kids. Got 1,400 points. No, sorry, 400 points. Uh, VIP, th- 3,800. Stacey King, 4,400. Rob, Mr. Player Missile, 7,600. Ross Ross, 10,800. Mark Happy Dude, 11,000. Trollnads, 15,000. You, 19,400. Let me just give you a quick... That's the best I could do, honestly. I think I cleared three levels. Oh, really? So you, start, you start on level three, three, four, five. I got to six, and by then the, the pills are moving too fast for me to think and get in the right places. I, I honestly don't understand. Uh, button Mashing Fun, 19,600. Ian Cullen, 22,200. Matthew Bridge, 28,000. Charlie Farr. Charlie Farr, 38,000? In your face, Charlie Farr. You have one go, though. Well, I don't Just care. One. I don't care. Benson Rath, 38,400. <laughs> Me, 51,800. But I might add... I'll just give myself one of these. I may add, I played the NES version on emulation with a, a joypad, just a pad, a D-pad in the buttons, and I got mm. over 70,000. So if I'd had time, mm. I would have got a lot more because it's just a game of attrition for me. You just sit there and play it and you get bored. Because I can just play it for ages. Wife played it for an, over an hour when she was playing. Wow. So after me, you get the really good players. Oh, Lucy McCaskey. Has Lucy played with us before? It's Paul McCaskey's sister. She's very good. Very good. She's got 187,400. Lovely wife of mine, Tori, 202,000 points dead. And I think if she had more time, she could easily beat that. I Mm. think that score... She gave up on because we had to go out. I can't remember, but she did 202,000 anyway. So, Chris Mooncrest the Bootleg, Chris Fantasia 2, 222,400 points. Well done. Wow. And John Munkus, Zach's off, 294,200 points. He had a go again because my wife was beating him for a while and he's obviously had another go. Well so, played, John. That is an excellent, truly humongous score. Do you know what? I don't think it is. It's good. It's very, very good. Mm. But I think if I had the time and the inclination, myself and my lovely wife could beat that. It, it doesn't really get any harder when it gets to a certain level. I think, I've got a feeling there's only 20 levels as well. I'm not sure. But the game just, for me, it just doesn't get harder. It's just, it just gets boring because it's the same thing over and over and over again. And it, I don't really think it gets any harder. And I, I just... I just got the, and it's there, I got it. You just play, and I just keep playing for ages. So it's one of those games, mm. it's, it's fun to play, but it gets, it gets boring. It's more of an, a sit in front of a console game, I think, which is obviously what it was intended for in the first place, but made it to the arcades. 
So yeah, just good scores though. But ob- mm. obviously, people didn't. It didn't click with a lot of people because they weren't getting the scores, or maybe they just no. got bored. I don't know. So let's get on to the fun stuff of the game. The cabinet art. There was no official artwork apart from a little marquee for the for the versus machines. The red tent. Uh, there's a red tent one, which is a little sort of pop marquee, and there was a full mm-hmm. one for the the versus machine, which is basically two Donkey Kong machines bolted together. Mm. They're actually made together, not bolted. They're actually one big massive machine, but they look like two bolted together. Mm. So. Fan art has been made for this game. There's obviously a lot of love for this game, and there's a lot of fun graphics in it with the, the, the little bad guys and Dr. Mario and all this stuff in the checkered background. And I will put pictures of this on the website for them to look at. Really, really nice graphics. Really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's nicely done. Yeah. And also, I got a picture of Clove Member, the wooden arcades, custom built Dr. Mario machine, complete with bezel, marquee, and Nez box art made into awesome side art. And this machine looks a peach. I'm looking at it right now. It's bright green, Donkey Kong machine. And it's got the Dr. Mario side art on. It's exactly the same as the box art for the NES version. And it looks really nice. Really mm. cool looking machine. And when that's in a lineup with loads of Donkey Kongs and Popeyes and Donkey Kong Juniors, it looks brilliant. I've seen a pink machine done before with um, the Donkey Kong version with Pauline yeah. in pink. It looks really good. So when they get these arcade machines and make them into their own custom versions... I really enjoy that, and it looks really, really nice. Have a look on the website, kids. Mm. Now, there's a bit of trivia to this game. On the Game Boy and NES version, you get little cutscenes every five levels. And I actually had a go on the NES to to have a look at this. Thanks to Septic Melon of the 8-Bit Blog for telling us about those. I I forgot about them. I had them back in the day and just completely forgot about them. I actually played ten levels of the NES version to see the cutscenes. This is where I got like the big score. And they are the same every five levels. You get a message and the three viruses sitting on a tree and some nice little music to play. Port, sequels and legacy. Yep. Play choice 10 version in the arcade, which was the NES version. Exactly. All the Nintendo systems since have one or more versions of Dr. Mario on them with updated graphics, sound and gameplay. I did not know that, you know. I thought it was just on the NES. But yeah, they've had later ones. I have to look into those. I've got a lot of those systems. I've got a GameCube, got an N64... And the Wii U, when I get that, I'm getting Dr. Luigi. Yeah, it says here, Dr. Luigi was released on the Wii U and introduces L-shaped pills. That'd be even harder. No, it'd be more fun. Yeah. So I'm quite looking forward to playing that, actually. Mm. Dr. Mario has gone on from his medical career and has and appeared as an unlockable fighter in some of the Super Smash Brothers games. He's a badass doctor. I didn't know that. Apparently so, yeah. He's an unlockable character, apparently. I don't play that um, game, but... Um, it's got a big following. I think I think all of Nintendo's IPs, even Mr. Game & Watch makes an appearance on that, and he is awesome. And he's only got <laughs> two frames of animation. Yeah, that's good, that. So what are your overall thoughts and improvements on this game, Vic? Well, I sort of said already, a simple game can get quite boring after you've initially sorted out the top few rows of pills and virus, but it's fun and can keep you busy for long periods of time if you're reasonably good at it. Not good business sense for an arcade game, though, is it? <laughs> no, I could play, play that easily for an hour I think if I was at an arcade because the arcade version is exactly the same as the NES version it doesn't get any harder the only thing that the arcade version I've noticed that is a little bit different is you don't have to press a button in between levels it just, it just you know, immediately plays the game Start. it starts right. immediately so you can't pause in between or whatever but the NES version you've got to press a button to carry on 
Uh, I think maybe they should throw in some unremovable pills on later levels. You know, ones you can't get rid of that get in your way. Mm-hmm. More virus types for later on, maybe, rather than just three. A universal pill that can take out a number of virus in one go. Mm, uh, a, lot, a lot of the puzzle drop games have got these. Uh, they're kind of upgrades. And maybe the later versions on, on the, the the bigger systems have got that on the N64 and the GameCube, maybe. I don't know. I've never played them. But maybe they've got the upgrades and stuff and the different weapons and things. Mm. Well, I've, I've put bigger scores for matching five or six or getting two virus at once. But with you getting that 6,000, I think it does do some of that kind of chaining on the scoring. I think if you do get a few chains, it does... It does. I've regularly got 1,200 points for getting a few virus, but I didn't really notice which ones were being removed. If you get more virus than pills in the four, so say you've got three virus and one pill, I think you get more points for that, for knocking three out at once or whatever. Because the late yeah, levels, right. are quite, they're quite combined, so you can get them together. But yeah, if you if you mm. sort of get a few and then another one drops onto another and another drops onto another, you get multiples and you can get quite big points for that. But I didn't I didn't actually look up the scores. I couldn't find the scores anywhere where you can do that. I presume uh, I the just... manual it tells you. I don't know in the NES version, I suppose. Check out the website. I've put the manual page on there. I just wasn't good enough to to, to sort of get that. I've put diagonal matching. If you could match match the pills diagonally, maybe that might be. Yeah, different. that's a good idea. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And overall, I've put. Overall, I think this is a pretty good game, but in my opinion, doesn't match up to the top games in the genre, like Tetris, Puyo Puyo, or the bejeweled type mobile bra- browser apps. Those type of match three things. I think it's. I don't think it's as good as those, but I. But the strangeness of it and the quirkiness of it. Because there's only three colours. There's only three colours you've got to match. Yeah. But you've also got the three viruses as well. So it's like six things you've got to think of. Yeah. If you see what I mean. It really, really pains me. <laughs> but I've got to agree with you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I, I think decent. my favourite is the Puyo Puyo games. Because I, I, the first Puyo Puyo I was introduced to was Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine on the Mega Drive. Me and too. I fell in love with that. The... the the little blobs you move around are so cute in it. And on yeah. that particular version, the only difference from that to Puyo Puyo is they put weird sort of Sonic kind of baddies in it with Dr. Robotnik. So the baddies mm. are robots and blobs and evil-looking things. And the original Puyo Puyo was little Japanese girls and little kids and characters and that sort of stuff. So basically they just took that game and put different characters in it. But Puyo Puyo was the best one because it's very Japanese-themed. And I like the mm. the blobs in it. And that's a really good little game. And I just like the animations. It's very japanese I like that. And Tetris is just a stone-cold classic on the Game Boy, the arcade version, and all the new ones. And it, but mm. I do like Dr. Mario. It's slightly different because of the pill thing, and you've only got the two. But it's yeah. ultimately a similar drop puzzle matching game, isn't it? Yeah, with Doctor Mario, if you got a pill like on a ledge and it lands, it stays there. Yeah, it doesn't, if, doesn't if, fall off, does it? If you know what it, I mean. With Puyo Puyo, it kind of obey, it obeys gravity. If if a a blob lands on a ledge, the part of the blob that's over the ledge will drop through to the bottom of the screen. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. which I prefer, but it's it's horses uh, for courses, mate. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. as it always is. But yeah, yeah. I like all I like all puzzle games on arcade machines. Mm. I think I think puzzling is. I was actually playing a new version of Puzzle Bobble on the 3DS of the day, and I was just playing it for about half an hour because I'm 
I'm good at puzzle, but that game is quite easy anyway. And there's loads of new additions to it and new bubbles you can get. And I like yeah. Puzzle Bobble as well. Puzzle Bobble is a, is a classic. It's a classic Neo Geo game. Mm. So yeah, on the whole, I quite liked it. But one of those games you just sort of play for hours on end and get bored of and just give up. I went to play it yesterday before we had to go out, and I messed up about 38,000. Oh, for God's sake. And it just takes so long getting that far. And I started again, and I heard a knock yeah. on the wall. We've got to go out. I was like, oh, darn it. But I think you could just play forever. I think if wife plays it again, I think she'll probably beat that if she wants to. She's mm. really good at that. So she's really good. So kudos for her for picking it and being so flipping good at it. Yeah. I'll give I her would, a ping when she comes in. I would say average for me. Average. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Go for that. Not terrible. Not brilliant. Hmm. Right, here's another bit we can do for the 2016 business we're doing. The high yes. score champion of 2016. Guess what I've done, Vic? One of my favourite things apart from biscuits. Have you made a spreadsheet? Spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So I have made a spreadsheet logging all of the players this year mm-hmm. that have featured in our high score mm-hmm. game. You said, you said logging. <laughs> Child. So, so take a game like Kung Fu Master. The top 10 players, whoever came first got the highest score gets 10 points. Second to nine, third, eight, down to 10 gets one point. Mm -hmm. And everyone else that participated in that score challenge gets one point. I can probably guess the outcome of this already. Can you? Yes. (laughs) So we've played 25 games this year. Okay. Starting with Kung Fu Master going right up to Dr. Mario. And I have... A spreadsheet, it's fantastic. It's got colours on, it's got lines, it's got bold text and under, right, yeah. So mm-hmm. I will do Oh, here's the stats, yeah. Twenty five games played, seventy three different players. Wow, That's, thanks for playing people. So seventy five including us two. That is it's incredible. Really it is. Players. Thank you. Oh, seventy four now because we had Lucy McCaskey. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep playing Lucy, we like it. So right, I'm gonna do a countdown. Using that scoring system from 10 to 1. Vic, are you ready, Vic? Are you ready? Okay. You don't know this, do you? I can see it in front of me, but I haven't seen it before. So, go on. Where am I in right. that? In 10th oh, place. Why not put me in it? Oh. oh, that's not that bit. Go on. I've, the spreadsheet's not there. In 10th place with 44 points is madstee.com. Mm-hmm. Well played, madstee. He played 15 out of the 25 games. Ross Ross got 50 points in 9th place. In eighth place, Mark A, 50, 55 points. You're going to ping, ping your way to freedom. They're all getting pings. Mark Happy Dude got 59 points. What a good score. Ping is not working. Oh. There you go. In sixth place, Neil 20 to 5, 75 points. In fifth place, Troll Nads. <laughs> You can have a broken ping. <laughs> 91 points. Well played, Trollnads. Uh-huh. Okay, we have in joint third place is you and <laughs> Ian yeah. Cullen. Oh, well done, Ian. Ian Cullen with 107 points. Well played, Me Ian. my mate, Ian. So Ian played 22 games. You've obviously played 25. <laughs> in second place... With 163 points, yeah. is me. <laughs> no, go on, give you one. Well done, young man. 163 points. 
So um, what, what did I get again? Sorry, hundred and hundred and seven. You got fifty odd points more than me. Oh yeah. Oh! How oh. ah. dare you, you bugger! And in first place with 179 points, playing 22 of the 25 games, is Mr. David Charlie Farr Line. They give him one of these. <laughs> well, well done, sir. We, we knew it was going to be Charlie Farr, didn't we? Come on. Yeah, and he's, he's played three games less than me and still got 13 point, 16 points more than me. That's because the man is an enigma. He's so good. Brilliant. He, he came first, right? Yeah. Nine times. Out of? Out of the 25 games, first nine times and second place three times. And all the others he probably didn't even bother with. <laughs> Some of them he didn't play. Oh, and others, Lord. Had, others like this, he had one go and still got a respect. So, also, thanks to all the players that didn't make the top ten but played along with us a lot during yeah. the year. So, these are the players that have played a lot of the games. Vip, Tagster, Button Mashing Fun, who is also Lucid Sprite Mare. Same guy, Scott. Ah, Chris Mooncrest, a bootleg. He's bootlegged Mooncrest. Why would you do such a thing? Why do such a thing? John Battlezone Key, Paul McCaskey, Lesley Seventy. Oh, special Andrew... special thing for Lesley. You're yeah. helping me out with some of my little projects on consoles. Cheers, Lesley Dean. Thank you very much. He's got loads of consoles. I've seen his Twitter pictures. He's good. He's good. Him. Andrew Driver. Thanks for playing. Stacy King. Rob Player Missile. And the and... little missiles as well. And the little missiles. And giggity, giggity. So thank you, everyone, for playing. It's so good having all the competition that spurs you on to higher scores. They are the players we, we see most of, but anyone else who's playing along with us, thanks for playing and keep playing. Yes. Brilliant. And well done to Charlie Farr, who is he's just a step above, any. He's Buy just... that man a pint when you see him from us. I will do. I'm going to see him That's tomorrow at Arcade Club. Excellent. I will buy him a Diet Coke. Yes, and, and, a, and a pie. So, our Games of the Year... What do you think has been your favourite that we've we've chosen? You've oh, messed with the, you've messed with the show notes. I've moved that a little bit, haven't I? You so have. your favourite game is Dicky. <laughs> it's not Dicky. It was Flicky. You've oh, changed okay. it. I, I may have changed that slightly. Flicky is the, is the surprise for me and the game of the year. Never touched it as a kid because the graphics look babyish. Mm, but it yeah. is a masterpiece of game design i love it and i know i will always love it and always play it stupid and chickens <laughs> an honorable mention goes to scramble which i've always liked but now i really love that's a close second scramble to flicky right for me it's scramble for beating my own personal record and looping it more times than i ever thought i would i think yeah. i looped it 10 times in there when i did two hundred five thousand. you did 14 times when you played yeah, so we've done that. really well on that game. Uh, also, I think, I've just thought of it now, uh, a special mention to Berserk. Mm. I did better on Berserk than I thought I would, and I will go back and play more Berserk, because I, lo- I still love the game. So simple, but so good. So Scramble. Scramble's got mm. bugs in it, it the, the collision detection's a bit dodgy, but it's still an amazing game. I, I played from childhood, and I'm still playing now, and I probably will be playing for the next ten years. Sure. I love it. I really mm. love it, yeah. That's that. And also, podcast highlight of the year. And what, what is that for you? This was easy for me because it made me laugh so much. It is, we're going to have to play this again, you know. It is the arcade hand advert. That you did. <laughs> well, before we play arcade hand, and it, it's, it's a, a hard hitting bit of documentary evidence, I think. It is. Uh, arcade hand for me as well because 
even my mum knows about Arcade Hand, and she doesn't listen to the podcast. I think my brother sent it to her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, a special mention to your son's Putin involvement Putin. with our stupidity. Oh, he was awesome. behind that. Is mm. I thought, wow, that is brilliant. We've got we've got a young man being an idiot with us. Well done, sir. He's like me, I'm afraid. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So here is a bit of Arcade Hand. I've always liked playing games in the arcade. You know, Galaxian, Pac-Man, Space Invaders. But one day I've been playing Cuba for about an hour. I was doing really well. I'm sure I got the house high when it happened. My right wrist locked up. I knew straight away it was Arcade Hand. I've had fire button finger injuries before, but Arcade Hand meant that I couldn't play for months. So I called Arcade Injuries Direct. They worked really hard fighting my case and I was awarded a massive bag of 10 pences. Arcade Dave is glad he chose Arcade Injuries Direct. Right now we are busy helping 16 players get arcade justice. Remember, if your claim is unsuccessful, it won't cost you a credit. If you've been injured in an arcade accident wasn't your fault, that happened in an arcade, a pizza joint, or at a pub from 1984, give Arcade Injuries Direct a call, and we'll get those credits out of the coin box for you. Arcade Claims Direct will take 89% of all claims and spend it on biscuits. Your statutory rights will not be affected. Probably. On that sombre note, <laughs> let's finish off, and we'll just quickly talk about next show's game. Well, Vic, your pick this week. This is mine, and it's an yeah. obvious one. It's been coming for a while. Alan Syndrome. Mm. Or, as it's properly called, Alien Syndrome by Sega. It is full of wobbly Alan spitting out goo everywhere. And I really got mm. into this game. I like it. Right. I haven't played it at all, so it's going to be good to find out you, about it. You'll this. like it, I think. It's a fun little game. One thing I must mention before we go into the, the default settings for the game, I want everyone to adhere to, is on level two... It looks like the graphics are glitched. And I always thought there was a problem with the main ROM set, but it isn't. The graphics look very, very liney, but it's supposed to be like a checkerboard floor, and you can sort of see through it. Right. It looks wrong, but when you play the game, it's fine to play. Don't think it's wrong like I did. Just play the game. It's really good. So the default settings for main, and also if you've got a PCB, three lives, the timer on 150... Difficulty to normal, and it's set for ROM. Do not play the Megatech version, because it's, it's no. a very cut-down console version. Play the arcade version. It's really, really good. Hope everyone enjoys it. I'm going to go and play it in a minute, and I will talk to everyone in the new year. Hopefully you have a new year. Don't drink too much, people, and eat loads of biscuits. Yeah, thanks for everybody listening in 2016, and 2017 is going to be even worse. No, not worse. All better. better. Yes. Even better. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks, kids. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.